Hello again to You Know Nothing, Jon Snow, a Game of Thrones podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Philip, from the state of New Hampshire in the U.S. of A., and with me in the state of Michigan. This is Eric. Eric, how are you, sir? I'm just here so I won't get fined. All right, and in the state of New York. Hi, this is Mike. Mike, how are you? I'm fine, Phil. How are you? Good, good. Uh, this is uh, Memorial Day weekend. Uh, we are actually recording on Memorial Day, uh, the evening. And I uh, hope both of you folks had uh, a good holiday. Uh, day off from work, that counts, right? Day off from work. Good enough for me. Yeah, very good. What about yourself, Mike? Uh, generally a uh, relaxing day? Yeah, pretty much. I uh, haven't had to do much because uh, my wife has been ill, so we didn't go anywhere or do anything. So I sat in the house and... Watched a lot of Godzilla movies in preparation for the movie coming out this weekend. Very good, very good. Um, uh, and me, I took my two daughters and my father to uh, my mom's grave, my brother's grave, and my father's parents' grave. And so uh, that was uh, okay. And then we went to a Portuguese bakery and got some Portuguese sweetbread. And then we had pizza. So. Italian style pizza, so it was all good. It was all good. And the wife uh, got to stay home. Uh, it was her day to uh, get away from the kids. Mm. So she was, but she did some yard work while we were we were away. So you know what day is my day to get away from the kids? All every of day. Them. Yep. <laughs> there you go. Life choices, baby. Woo! There you go. There you go. Um, so let's see here. Um, Okay, so this is uh, what, yeah. Actually, Mike, what is this? What what, what is this place? What what it was? What is this? Joint? This is my living room. This is this is uh, you know nothing, John Snow. If you just discovered us, goodbye. Wait. This is the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> but we have a few dozen other episodes that are available free for streaming through whatever subscription service you manage to find us on, or website if you have to find us through the darkdiscussions.com website. Uh, we are a spinoff of the Dark Discussions podcast dedicated to the former HBO TV series Game of Thrones based on the as-yet-incomplete fantasy novel series by George R.R. R. Martin, A Song of Ice and Fire. Yes, that's right. Exactly. Um, there will be supposedly a few spinoffs. I, I guess that one's already in the works with uh, Naomi Watts uh, to be one of the lead actresses and stars of that show. Uh, we discussed a little bit about that last week that it's probably be uh, released in about two years. I do know we have a voicemail email from Sean Fox, and he kind of uh, is bummed that uh, Eric said last week that he's done doing uh, weekly TV podcast episodes and that he probably wants you to come back. Well, that's great. It's not his life. Indeed. <laughs> Thank anyway. you. I, I appreciate the appreciation, but I prefer my enjoyment of life. There you go. There you go. Um, all right. So let's see here. Let's get uh, into some stuff. Uh, you can find us. Where you can find us. You can find us on darkdiscussions.com, darkdiscussions.com, because that is the umbrella podcast or the first podcast that we did, and this is a kind of a spinoff of that podcast. So basically, rather than creating an entire new website, uh, it's just a page off of darkdiscussions.com. Uh, the email is darkdiscussions at aol.com, and the Facebook group is Dark Discussions Podcast Facebook group. Uh, you can find us 
wherever podcasts are found, such as Overlord, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify. I think you meant Overcast. Stitcher. Overcast. Yes, Overcast. <laughs> Overlord uh, is a movie we did a, an episode yes. on Dirt Discussions. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So overcast. Uh, so wherever podcasts are found, you can find us under two feeds. One is You Know Nothing, Jon Snow, a Game of Thrones feed, or Dark Discussions podcast feed. Uh, Dark Discussions podcast feed includes all the podcasts that we do, including the weekly Dark Discussions podcast uh, that talks about genre and horror films. So after this episode, if you still want to hear us, uh, we highly recommend that you uh, follow us at Dark Discussions Podcast feed because uh, we still do a weekly podcast discussing uh, various films. For example, this week coming up, we're doing Brightburn. Uh, the week after, we're doing uh, the new Godzilla film and so forth. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to be trying to champion to do Dark Phoenix, which is the week after, but we'll see. Nope. It all comes down to Eric. Um, so we got a lot of good stuff going on. Um, and speaking of Doc Phoenix, that actually does star uh, Sophie Turner, who is one of the leads of Game of Thrones. Um, all right, so uh, we do have some user lists. Uh, a couple of folks sent us emails with lists of their favorite things about Game of Thrones and their worst things about Game of Thrones. And any email that's related to uh, this episode, and you folks want to continue emailing us, uh, darkdiscussions at AOL.com, and we will read it on the next Dark Discussions podcast episode, which, again, is a weekly podcast. Okay, so, where, where do we begin, since this is really a wrap-up? I don't know, this is your gig, Phil. <laughs> what do you mean? This this is, is all... <laughs> You're the only one that wants to do this episode. So that's what do you have true, I just didn't want to do it all as lists, but that's... Yeah, well, yeah. It doesn't have to be lists. We we can talk about anything and everything. Uh, but well, well, let's well, let's let's start with this. Where where do you think? I I look. It, the Game of Thrones has been over for oh, more than a week now. Um, the conversation has died down marginally, at least on my Facebook feed. Um, where, where do you um, where do you see this the show long term, legacy wise? Um, that's a good question. I, I'm actually thinking that it's going to be uh, as strong as Star Wars, Star Trek, Lord of the mm. Rings, Marvel, and all that. And I'll tell you why. Because um, there's two more books, in theory, coming out. There is huge fans of the series, even if some saw it at the end. And they're going to have a multiple spinoffs in the same universe. Uh, so Game of Thrones, or the u universe that George R.R. R. Martin created, will be with us, it appears, for a long time. And um, again, I, th I think there's uber fans out there uh, similar to Star Wars and such. What about you, Mike and Eric? Uh, I'll, I'll go first. Uh, I don't think it's quite going to be that strong. Uh, I I think there there will be um, you know there's there's going to be fans of the show that'll be around for a while, um, but like they're having a con of thrones this year. I don't foresee that happening in the future. Maybe I'm wrong, um, but I I don't know if it's strong enough to continue. Um, because I anticipate something similar will happen that happened with other shows that people were way into. And then we're disappointed with any ending, which is that uh, we're going to hear about another week of people bitching about how they didn't like the ending, and then we're not going to hear much about it anymore. 
Um, cause it happened with Dexter. It happened with lost. It happened with Battlestar Galactica. Uh, so there will be people who are still fans of the show. Uh, but I don't think it's quite going to have, um, a star Wars type of presence. Now, it's, Eric, before Mike gives his opinion, I just wanted to ask a follow-up question. Um, and you mentioned Star Wars. As we know, uh, a lot of the recent Star Wars films um, have been poo-pooed by fans. Um, and some have been poo-pooed by the critics. Um, and yet that fan base seems to still be quite strong. So why do you think uh, some people who soured with Game of Thrones would be enough to make it not have the same um, legacy. Because uh, I've seen it happen historically. All right, fair enough. Mike? Yeah, I would say one of the big differences is Star Wars in particular had a huge fan base to start with. Um, the time gaps between the original trilogy their prequel trilogy and the current series of films allows i think some fans to isolate their ire just towards that that particular thing that they're dissatisfied with as opposed to the entire franchise um i i think it's hard to compare it to some things like star wars started out as a film series and star trek started out as a tv series um where this started out as a fantasy novel series, um, which I guess might make it more comparable to Lord of the Rings or the Harry Potter series, both of which have had a you know a, a lasting impact. But like, I'm not sure how much the Lord of the Rings films had a lasting impact, as opposed to just carrying over the eternal Lord of the Rings legacy, right? That's been around for decades. Harry Potter, the books already had an impact before. The series. I think a lot of it's going to depend on whether or not George R. R. Martin gets off the porcelain throne and finishes writing the two books. <laughs> um, I'd say the other difference between that, though, and, and the series that Eric mentions is that there will be more series. It's, you know, um, like I think people look back now and, yeah, there's still, I don't know that the wounds have completely healed on Lost. Um, Dexter, people are pretty much poo-poo the final four seasons, not just the final season, which were mixed quality. But basically, once you got past Hello, Dexter Morgan, most people seem to think the series kind of went downhill from there. Uh, whether you agree with that or not, I'm not my claim. It just said that seems to be me to be the general perception. So that had a lot of negativity kind of building up to the ends. Um, but I, like, I think back to Sopranos, which probably for me peaked in season three and felt like it wandered a bit and got self-indulgent in the final three seasons itself. But people still cite it as the, as often as the best TV series ever. Uh, the wire didn't have a strong final season. People still cite that as one of the best TV series ever. Um, so I think it's still going to have that legacy. The question is how successful will the spinoffs be? Um, Battlestar Galactica had a spinoff. It didn't go anywhere. Um, Sopranos didn't, although I guess they're making a prequel movie. We'll see what appetite there is for that when that comes out. Um, I, I don't know. I think so much of the legacy is going to be... We'll get a very good idea in a year or two when this uh, new series comes forward, whatever it's actually going to be called. Um, 
how much the fans are are alienated by the franchise and how much they're just angry at Benioff and Weiss for this final season, how much um, they just kind of eventually incorporate their disappointment. And some of the disappointment, as we've talked about, is just based on I didn't get what I wanted. Some of it's for pacing, story reason, some of it's, but, but some of it is just I wanted or expected it to go a different way. I think those defying of expectations, that'll eventually get baked into the cake, and I think many of those feelings will, will tend to dissipate, whereas the others might not. So we'll see. I, it's, it's curious. I think it's still going to go down, just as those other shows that we mentioned, as a, as a cultural phenomenon, as one of the best shows of all time, even though, like so many of these other shows, you know, had a weak, relatively weak final season. You know, everyone talks about, um, you know, a show like MASH and how great MASH was. But that was another show that really its strength was its first five or six seasons, and it got more uh, uh, syrupy, I guess, and a little sweeter and safer and tamer as the show went on. And was just at the by the end was not quite on the same level as its finish, but nobody thinks about those final seasons either. So in the same way, they don't hold it against the show. So I don't know. I think a lot has to be seen, but I think it's still going to be held up as, as a as a phenomenal television achievement, one way or another. All right, very good. Uh, so it seems like uh, I'm I lean more with you, Mike. Um, Obviously, some sh- things like Harry Potter and um, Star Wars um, have a nostalgia for younger people. Both aren't R-rated. They're PG, PG-13. So, obviously, a larger audience uh, at a younger age could watch those uh, versus, say, Game of Thrones, which was most certainly um, NC-17, um, because a lot of TV nowadays is NC-17, because they don't have to follow the the MPAA rating system. Uh, so, obviously, because of that, you're, you're not going to have uh, youngsters necessarily uh, watching a show like Game of Thrones. Um, but... Generally, um, like you said, Mike, uh, the impact and and the fan base and the fanatics that I at least have seen. Um, I'm a, a member of a number of uh, Game of Thrones groups, and each person who puts a uh, opening question or post, there's literally like 500 to a thousand posts within three days versus say other. Um, groups where you know you put a post and maybe twenty to thirty uh, if you're lucky. So they're, they're, it's it's pretty strong. So um, it, and like you said, Mike, uh, depends on um, when and if the books come out, and also uh, how successful uh, the spinoff series are as well. Um, but again. It'll always be uh, something of interest, I think, um, at some level. Anyway, but um, yeah, I think actually, now I think about maybe the most apt, com- maybe the more apt comparison right now might be Sons of Anarchy because there was another series that had a strong following and sort of petered out in its seventh season, or fans weren't happy with it entirely with its seventh season. Um, it still seems to have a following. I don't know how well the spinoff is doing. Um, it was doing well enough to have gotten renewed, but it's—I don't—I don't know if it's going to end up hitting the same heights. It, it'll be interesting because Game of Thrones has such has this whole universe to explore, uh, and I'll be curious to see where they go with it. Uh, I think they're making a mistake by going to do prequel stories 
I think fans would be much more interested in seeing where the story goes forward from here. Right, right. Yeah, I, I mean, the prequel series, are some of them are interesting. I mean, the the new one that they're planning to make with Naomi Watts may be the origin of the Night King. Yeah. And the Night King was a pretty uh, interesting character. So I think that may, you know, make some folks be curious. And the good thing of a character like that, there's a lot of uh, makeup CGI that... Um, the actor, you know, won't become Harrison Ford and be 75 years old playing Indiana Jones. Um, also, uh, I think they could do other prequels that may be interesting, such as Robert's Rebellion, for example. That would be a, something I think people would be really interested in because it would have characters at a younger age of the, the folks that we saw in in this season so we would see the bad king and jamie and all these other people as young younger characters um or characters like the mad king that we never met but we know so much about uh a spinoff of that could be interesting as well well my fear uh, with that is that would it turn into what happens with a lot of prequels where it becomes a matter of checklisting we have to do this we have to do that we have to do the other thing um and, and audiences are just kind of waiting for you to get to the, the things that they want you to check off on that list. Where I don't know, I don't know how much George R. R. Martin has detailed, like the history. And I know he's written a lot of different spinoffs of the main series, talking about like the history of the Targaryens and other things. So I, I don't know. I don't know where they're going to go with that. I do know that if they asked the fans right now, if they wanted to keep their fan base happy, then what they would be greenlighting immediately would be the Arya series. Um. But I, but they said they're not doing that, and I can think of two very good reasons why they're not doing that. One is well, that the demand for it is so high that Maisie Williams could basically just hold them for ransom. Yeah. Um, and two, that because it's, it would be dealing with an unknown part of George R. R. Martin's world, you know, um, they may not have his blessing to go off and explore what's west of Westeros on their own. Right. Uh, also, another weak thing about that type of a spinoff is most likely the, the character would have plot armor. And, the, and that is obviously one of the cool things about the original series is anybody could go at any moment. Um, and also the other problem is um, even though Macy Williams uh, is excellent as Arya and Arya characters is a fan favorite, I think her, um, best scenes were, were when she was playing against other people that we loved as well. So like Tywin or the Hound or I think that's other true of anybody. Yeah. Well, I think anybody standing alone by themselves and it's not very interesting. Well, and, and, uh, and I would and also the, the fact scenes. that Macy Williams probably is done with this character for a while. She doesn't well, want to, she's, well, she, she, she wants to move on from Arya. But, but, yeah, my, but, my point, but, but giving point, her enough money might change her mind. Well, of course, but my point was, is, you know, the scenes when she was really doing the the house of faces and all that other stuff, those were, were like some of the most boringest uh, episodes at points versus, say, when she was with the Hound or when she was with Tywin or when she was with Gendry. Um, those episodes. Gendry. Gendry. Oh, Gendry. I'm sorry. Yeah, um, th those were those episodes were, were some of the, the better scenes that she was in. So. Now that she would be alone traveling, I mean, obviously there'd be new characters, but again, <laughs> I was going to say she's not by herself on that ship. Right? They they would find a new cast of characters to surround her with. 
But they're not um, going to do it. So I know they're not going to do it, but no I'm saying if they were to do it, that's how they would do it. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, what about a John yeah. Snow? They could have had. They could even oh, do a John fuck Snow. John Snow. And 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 Phil, let me ask you a question. Yeah. He knows after nothing. after season three. Yes. Who did they kill off? That was really surprised anybody. <laughs> Tywin, buddy. Tywin, the Hound. Um, they, they, they killed. Okay, they killed off the Hound in the final episode. Uh, Stan, Stannis. Tywin. Stannis, Stannis shouldn't have been a surprise. Tywin shouldn't have been a big surprise. They weren't. They're, the characters who were the main characters by that point. You know, I think Tyrion, the the Stark children, uh, most of them. Uh, they had their pot armor and carried all the way through. Right there, there were no huge shocking deaths. Hodor, maybe, who was always a supporting character. Um, maybe the manner of their deaths was shocking or surprising, but I, I, I think the characters who, by the time you got to season four, the characters who were around from episode one or two that were still around in episode in season four, season five, I think you kind of expected to go all the way, and they did. Yeah, all right. That's a that's. A I just point. want to see a sequel called "A Song of Fire," where Drogon lights everything on fire. That would yeah. be cool. That would be cool. Yeah, uh, I, there was a thing someone wrote on one of those Game of Thrones groups on Facebook. Uh, what spinoff series would you like the best? And obviously, the Arya there was there. The um, Jon Snow one was there. The um, Game of Thrones two part, uh, season or series two, whatever that means, and then I added one. I wrote uh, the the Tales of the Queen of the North. I think that would be best. Sansa's stories. You're such a loser. Oh come on! <laughs> Those would be the best. I'm telling you. Not really. Um, oh, let's make another dress. I'm so pretty. Well, she is pretty, and she she does make well uh, excellent dresses. No yeah, that's not a great basis for a television series, though. <laughs> yeah, but no, she, I, su- I suspect I suspect the the stability of the world they have is is not going to last. I, I can't imagine it'd be too long before someone decides to assassinate uh, Bran. I can't, you know, I can't imagine things are going to hold up with Bran as a master of coin. I can't imagine a financial situation is going to be that stable. Um, somebody's going to want to retake the North at some point. I, I think there's some really interesting consequences to what happened, um, or could be, if they really wanted to pursue that. I don't think this is a, going to end up being a happily ever after story. But well, well, it happen. is, even in the real world. Right. But it doesn't mean it could be a disaster. It could be a fine uh, reign of peace for whatever amount, with the usual skirmishes that you have here and there. But generally, it could be uh, successful. Yeah, I doubt it. Well... So you're saying within like a, a year or so there could be a, not a, a year or so, but within a generation. Well, that's 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 a good thirty years, right? Depends. <laughs> could be less. Depends on how they want to write it. Anyhow, we're not going to get that story, so it doesn't matter. It doesn't. It doesn't. Um, all right. So, uh, Mike, you, that was a good question that you had. Uh, any other good questions that you you wanted to ask? Um. All right. Which of the actors or actresses on this show who's disappearing and is never going to be heard from again? Yeah. And and who's going to go on to have a 
a solid career. Right. So, so the solid career would be like the hand solo, the Harrison Ford, right? Right. And then the person that you didn't hear from ever again, would that be uh, Mark Hamill, even though he uh, had a small oh, following? Go with, there. With, no, but I mean, he never became the superstar that. Well, I'm thinking, saw. yeah, like, you know, uh, like the supporting characters from Happy Days, <laughs> you know, they just. Well, we, I've, already seen, I've already seen Braun in other stuff. He was in the John Wick right. Chapter 3. Yeah, same, same um, with the guy that played Theon, Al- Alfie. Sophie Al- Turner's got a career already going. Yeah. Um, Leo already has a career going. Yeah, Amelia Clark has a career going. Right. Um, Kit Harrington, he might disappear. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, well, and, and as much as I like Macy Williams, I think she might disappear too. Yeah. Yeah, because four foot eight waifs don't have a huge <laughs> market. <laughs> right. Um, I think we'll see. Uh, what's his face? Jamie Nikolai Coster Waldo. Is that his name? Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. Uh, oh, yeah. We'll see him. I think I've already seen him in something else, but we'll definitely yeah, see was him in that, around. That, that prison movie was really good at uh, slot shot. Mm-hmm. Killer or something like that. I forget what it's called. And uh, Natalie Dormer, we've seen her in other stuff, but I don't. I haven't seen her in anything good. Like I've seen her in yeah. two, two eh, movies. So right. I don't know how that's going to end up. Yeah, no offense to Natalie Dormer, but she's too attractive to not be cast in other things. She just needs to pick better stuff. Yeah. <laughs> right. um, um, or, or, or she could get go back to TV because I, she was pretty big on TV. What is that? I don't know. That was Mike. Um, that was she was pop up ad on my phone. Uh, she was, she was pretty big in TV prior to game of Thrones anyway. So this is just another TV show, obviously. But, um, so yeah, that's a good question. Um, I, I would Benelin think Christie's got the star Wars thing going on. So we'll see more of her. Who's that? Gwendolyn Christie. Well, Unless she's dead. Yeah, her character died, oh, yeah. I think. But her character's dead. My point yeah. is, she's already been cast in a major uh, franchise, so I don't think she'll have any trouble getting gigs. Um, right. Because between Game of Thrones and Star Wars, she's now a known name. Right. Well, I think that guy that's Rob Stark, he he may become the next Bond, and he's has a big role in this upcoming Elton mm-hmm. John biopic. No, he's a good actor. So, so it looks like he's going to be all right. Um, well, and here's the thing is that most of the people on the show were good actors. Yeah. Um, I want to see, I want like, I need to find out what else Charles dance is doing. I want more Charles dance. Oh, yeah. he, he, but he's been around oh, forever. Oh, I know, but yeah. that doesn't mean I can't have more. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Charles dance is awesome. Absolutely awesome. When I saw him in this TV show, I was surprised because my first experience with Charles dance was alien three. And he, mm-hmm. he played a decent and good man. And then I see him in Game of Thrones. And, you know, he's kind of a, a bad guy. And and then I find out that he's usually cast as a bad guy, which is kind of curious. Because the first time I ever seen him, he was a good guy. And so I've always felt it odd every time I watch movies or shows that he's in. Because he's always <laughs> plays a, a, a kind of negative character, which is kind of funny. That reminds me, uh, I actually went and saw the movie Aliens in the theater when it came out. And I was fairly young when that happened. I was 13. Um, and so then years later, um, after Mad About You had been on the air and everything like that, I went back and watched it again. 
And I had completely forgotten that the corporate a-hole in that movie was played by Paul Reiser. Right. I was like, Paul Reiser is the corporate a-hole? Are you kidding me? Yeah. And he's good at it, too. <laughs> yeah, I had known him because he had already he'd been doing stand-up, so I knew him through his, like, doing, like, the Dangerfield stand-up specials on HBO. Okay. So I knew him from Aliens beforehand. So, yeah, I just was clarifying before I, uh, I misspoke. Uh, if you go back and watch For Your Eyes Only... Mm. Uh, the James Bond movie from 1981. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the henchmen named Klaus is played by Charles Dance. Nice, nice. That was the for, for, wasn't that the first one? It was either that one or Moonraker, whichever. No, it was, this was neat. neat uh, Moonraker. It was Spy Who Loves. Well, it, Moonraker was uh, I think his fourth film, and Spy Who Loves. Um, uh, you for your eyes only was the fifth Roger Moore film. Okay, so that was the second one I saw because I saw Moonraker and then I saw For Your Eyes Only. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, I, I saw it uh, after Roger Moore died. They aired it in uh, theaters, and I went to see it. I was like, "Is that Tywin Lannister?" <laughs> I also thought it was funny when I found out that uh, Rory McCann, the guy that plays the Hound, uh, was Yarp? the well, yeah, that guy in Hot Fuzz. He was Yarp. Yeah, he's somebody who might not have a job after this. Oh, I don't know. He's been in some stuff. Well, that's the thing, is that a lot of these actors that we're not familiar with, uh, besides Game of Thrones, have had fairly well uh, TV um, roles in in the UK. Mm -hmm. Um, So a lot of those folks, like Ramsey Bolton and all those folks, um, uh, Fry, Fry, uh, uh, all those guys, uh, Davos... Uh, they're they've all like pretty good character act. Jorah is another one um, that have been around for years in in the UK on TV. So they're already kind of have a good career. Right. My least, my understanding is the actors, who, the actors who play Bron and Jorah Mormont are in the uh, HBO show His Dark Materials. Oh, that's coming up. That's coming out. That's that's one of their. Please don't unsubscribe to us. Look at all the wonderful shows we have coming there. <laughs> That's one of those things that's going to attempt to be the next Game of Thrones. <laughs> right. Yeah, I think HBO might be in panic mode because uh, like John Oliver, on their own network, has been making jokes about how completely fucked they are after Game of Thrones is over. <laughs> well, the, the thing that's surprising is I'm surprised they hadn't already started working on the spinoff two years ago. And when they said that they were only going to go another two seasons or whatever anyway. So you figure they would have already started that and it would be ready for... Might be a know, money the, thing. The fall or winter. Yeah, that could be true, too. They, they put a lot of money they, on Game uh, of Thrones. And they had that whole fiasco where um, AT&T just bought out HBO. So uh, maybe and, that was And AT&T is going to want a lot of content because their, their intent is for HBO to become a seven-day-a-week thing, not a Sunday night thing. So they want HBO to be stepping up on its product. Now, whether they can do that and, and maintain their quality is highly doubtful. You know, but they can at least, if they can somehow manage to have a couple of shows, you know, that hold that sort of um, prestige, because you've always had some shows on HBO that have been prestige shows. You know, whether it was. Going back to Oz and The Sopranos and The Wire, Six Feet um, Under, Six Feet Under, The Leftovers, you know, these were all shows that had a lot. Whether they had the ratings and the cultural uh, cachet that Game of Thrones has, uh, and The Sopranos did, they always had a, a true something. 
uh, true to well, the first season anyway, they always had something that was a prestige series that got them a lot of buzz and that um, you know garnered them a lot of accolades and a lot of awards. <clears throat> you know now you know they've they just closed out uh, Game of Thrones and Veep. They have Barry. Chernobyl's doing great, but that's not going to last all, more than a season. Um, I'll be curious to see what they have, you know, the shows that they have, like His Dark Materials and uh, The Watchmen, if, if any of them can, can really uh, sustain, if any of them can. Uh, and, and, and The Deuce, that's, that's still, I think they got a new season of that coming out, too. Yeah, they do, but that one I don't think caught on, however good or bad as it might have been. Right? Right. They, they are definitely going to be hurting to fill that space spot and this is not like most networks where you have multiple nights you know you probably have a couple of hit shows and there's ways to move things around to try to build an audience here it's hbo it's sunday nights and right well and the diff- also the difference too is that game of thrones was a cultural phenomenon right so even if they just had a bunch of good shows it's still not the same thing as as must see TV. I mean, Game of Thrones was basically must see TV in this, you know, at least for this um, very split demographic of, of TV as well, it is today. And I've heard more than one person theorize that this may be the last thing like this uh, where everybody's all in on it and constantly talking about it that just the way we consume media has changed to the point where that's not going to happen anymore. I don't know if I completely buy that because I've been hearing that for a long time. Um, along with the people don't have, you know, that we weren't gonna, but the MTV generation was not going to have a long enough attention span to watch complicated stories. <laughs> um, and that's been going on for 30 years. I think it's, it's harder. And again, you're talking about, you know, what, a 50 to 60 million person fan base when all is said and done with game of thrones and you compare that to shows like we mentioned like you know mash well and um, here's the thing though is it's they keep I, that comparison bugs me uh I've, I've seen it more than once and the reason it bugs me is that watching over the air network television a couple decades ago is a lot different than watching a premium cable station now oh it is uh, pay, pay tv is different uh and also just, uh, I think there is some amount of truth in the fact that just the way we consume media is different. Uh, there didn't used to be DVRs, you know, you couldn't save it for later. You had to watch it when it was on. So yeah, when and when Mass ended, you had to watch it when that happened, and that's right. why there were over a hundred million viewers. Right. I'm yep. just saying that it's 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 going to be much harder to pull off because. You know, right now, Game of Thrones is pulling ratings that would have gotten shows canceled 40 years ago. The market has changed, but yeah. that's going to make it harder to get that. You need a certain critical mass, right? A certain number of people talking about it for it to catch fire culturally. And you watch shows like Breaking Bad or um, Game of Thrones. They started out with much lower ratings, and they built over time thanks to the change in how we consume media, people picking it up on dvd or streaming on netflix or whatever it may be you know and catching up on it and the number of people that i've uh seen who said well i started watching season three i started watching season four i started watching watching season five and i streamed it and caught up and now but so a lot of people it's been picking people up along the way where again the old model was most shows started strong and every year they would hemorrhage viewers and we now right. are in a I, world where it allows things to go the other way. Y- but it's going right. to be very hard. There but, will be something else. 
but but here's the other thing is that also the just the model is different uh when you're when you're talking about uh subscription services whether it be netflix or hbo um their income is from people's subscription fees it's not ad based uh which means that those ratings that you're referring to really really i mean yeah they want people watching the shows but they're more concerned about people paying the monthly subscription fee uh, and if they're watching a different show on their service, as long as they give them that monthly money, they're fine. Well, that's the difference between is it profitable and does it have a cultural well, impact? Because there's a lot of shows that are profitable that never have a cultural impact. That's a fair distinction. Now, um, to, to get back to Game of Thrones more specifically, um, I was curious, has anybody seen the new documentary that just came out, I think, this weekend? No, I have not had a chance. What about yourself, Mike? I did not see it. It's it's there, but the problem with putting that out a week after the finale is I am just about Game of Thrones out right now. Yeah. What I will most likely end up doing is waiting when the DVDs come out or the Blu-rays come out. I will pick those up. I will rewatch the season, watch it with all the commentary tracks and all the extras, and that's probably and I'm assuming it will be included with that. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually probably going to watch it uh, within the next week or two. Uh, I just didn't uh, have time to to watch it during a, a holiday weekend, uh, such as as uh, this was. So um, I'll, I'll probably watch it maybe um, Tuesday night or, or next weekend or something of that nature. Um, but I, I know it's getting a, a good feedback from folks. Um, let's see. Now, uh, what other things did we want to ask any other good questions because uh, Mike those were two decent questions before we got sidetracked on the the success of HBO going forward and this type of TV in general um, any Game of Thrones questions uh, of note that you had uh, if not I, I, we can maybe start doing some lists and stuff nothing in particular all right. I mean, do you, has anyone has anyone here has your opinion changed at all over season eight? Um, for me, uh, no, no. Um, I I enjoyed season seven and season eight uh, generally as much as I have enjoyed any of the other seasons. Um, there's bad episodes, or not bad. Let me rephrase. There are episodes that aren't as exciting for me. Um, in any season, general season, uh, but there's huge, awesome episodes in every season as well. Um, and I know some of the complaints, uh, I didn't have those complaints because I felt some of the earlier seasons dragged a little bit too much. So whether it's too fast the last couple seasons or too slow, the first middle se- or some of the middle seasons, um, you know, you- you're just going to get that. So, I, I kind of um, just took it for for what it was, and 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 it didn't really affect my enjoyment uh, on the on the any of the episodes, to be honest. What about yourself, Mike or Eric? Uh, I did have some of the concerns that Mike was poo pooing last week. Um, I personally would have liked it to last a little longer. I think if they expanded some of the storylines a little bit, uh, giving it some more air. Uh, it would have worked better for me personally. Uh, I didn't have any major issues with like the plot points that were hit. Um, I just thought it was a little bit compressed. 
Mike. Yeah, I heard uh, listening to uh, House Podcast uh, review, and someone on that had said it's almost like they filmed ten episodes but only showed us six, and I think that was kind of uh, a good summarization that there were a lot of things that they could have built in, a lot of meat that was taken out. Uh, as I said, I don't really have a problem with where they ended up. And I think if we look back at the whole scene, everybody seemed to really like season episodes one and two. Episode three, the main complaint I heard about was a technical, which they seem to have been working on correcting. Uh, and B that there were people bitching about who got to kill the night King, which we've already addressed. So I think there's three of the six episodes that are fairly solid. Um, episode four is the one where they did the most fast forwarding and shortcutting, I think, um, with the, the post battle politics and killing of Ray gal and so forth. And I think if you ignored that, which is a lot to ignore, I think that the execution of episode five and the, certainly the, the first half of the episode six were really good. And then again, there was pacing issues, I, I think. I think there were really interesting stories to be told. I would have loved to see the story in which, they, in which Braun negotiated himself a seat on the High Council. Um, I would have liked to see how exactly, you know, uh, Jon Snow uh, managed to talk himself into not being immediately executed. Um, I, you know, there, there's little, there are little things here and there. I would have liked to know exactly what it was that Tyrion turned Varys in for. Was it for trying to poison Daenerys? Was it just for talking trash about her? What exactly was it he was executed for? They never really are clear about that. There's all sorts of little bits in there that I wish that they had expanded on, but they didn't. But I think overall it's better than the detractors are claiming, and I think a lot more people will probably start to recognize that as time goes on, or quite frankly, the detractors will stop, will get tired of complaining about it, and the fans will still be clinging to it. And I think in the long run, there's probably going to be more fans who are less critical in the, uh, than there are the ones who are spouting off on the internet. That's my my guess. All right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's fair. That's fair. Um, uh, some of those things are, are interesting, yeah, because Jon Snow, um, we fast forward and he's in jail and, and, and we assume he was he turned himself in and stuff, so that that's a good point. Um, Braun, obviously, they were using him as levity and the the that type of character that Giants Bane was playing in earlier episodes. They were using him in the last episode, um, but as as we've seen, Braun is, is is pretty smart and and whatnot. So it would have been interesting to see him um, on the council, or I should say, how he got to the get on the console and also for us to know that he when he says certain things it's it's obviously in levity and not because he's an ass or dumb um but i think smarter fans um know the character more than than most and and understand that they were just using some of his lines as as levity um at the end um yeah no that's so that's fair um so and that's that's pretty much what what the complaint has been for most of the um, social media um, screamers 
basically is is the the quickness of the last two seasons and especially the the last season um and uh i think that we even heard a lot of feedback after episode three of the last season where anger happened because once the night king died people were going i thought that was what the show was all about and he's already gone um but obviously um i think we've addressed it in the past that obviously it was really going to be um the battle between the last people standing for the throne and not necessarily the night king and the night king was more of a diversion but i guess the the issues people had about the night king is if he was only a diversion why did they make it such a strong plot point for seven seasons prior to that? Well, who did they place the most emphasis on over over seven seasons? Did they put more emphasis on who's going to win the Iron Throne, or did they put more emphasis on the White Walkers? Yeah. I think they spent a whole lot more time with the fight over 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 the throne. You know, and that's the name of the series: is the Game of Thrones, not the Game of the Wall. Yeah, but but again, the the song of fire, ice and fire, were specifically meant to mean Danny and and, and John uh, the Night King and the and the Night King. I actually think, to be honest, uh, I think it's uh, and, I think it's Danny and John Snow. Uh, I've read elsewhere that it's it's actually was the Night King because the Night King was the ice that was going to destroy everything, and Danny was the, the fire. The Night King is going to destroy. Well, unless Night you heard it from George R. R. Martin, it's an opinion. Right, and there is no Night King yeah, in the book. Either way, it's an opinion. Whether you say it's Jon Snow, Mike, or I say it's Night King. But there's no Night King in the books. Yeah, yes, he's talked of, and he's obviously going to play a huge part at the, in the last two books. Is he? I, I, I've been hearing he's not in the books. So I you're trying to say that. that there's going to be no... I'm try no, I'm trying to say that I, what I've heard from those who have read the books, and I have not is that there was no Night King in the books. I understand that, but if if the show is presented as what is going to happen in the next two books, I'm assuming the Night King is going to be an important character in the next two books. Everything I've heard is he's an invention for the TV series. We'll find out. Yes, yeah, exactly. And and again, that's all speculation by people as well, because they have no idea either. The only person that knows is, is what, exactly what Eric said, George R. R. Martin. Um, but either way, obviously there's going to be a battle... And again, we'll just talk about the show, the show since the books haven't been written yet, and if or they have been written, as Salomon Barry has said, but he hasn't been able to release them because it was part of the contract that he signed with HBO. But we don't know I the truth. I don't buy that one. I don't either. But that's what at least one person said. Yeah, it's been it's been it's been denied since. Now uh, let's let's talk about the, this here. So the if the Night King, at least in the show, was invented for the show where he was a ever present threat and by certain seasons he became more and more of a threat all the way to when sam kills a white walker and all these other things it i think it, it did disappoint a lot of folks when he was eliminated so easily and so quickly in episode three of season eight well now, i'm not saying i'm just cry yeah exactly i'm just i'm just saying um similar to what Mike and you said, which is, you know, certain things have have bothered people, whether it was the speeding up or things were explained as well. Uh, that was another one that uh, folks have I've brought issue with, I guess. I, I don't understand 
why people didn't see it coming that way. It was set up logically that way from the previous season. People, there are people who want everything explained to them. And a show like this, a world like this, invites exploration and conjecture. But the show never promised an explanation of who the Night King is. You well, know, having, having, a, anyway, having, a, so having a having a having a sixty minute sit down conversation with him, and finding out his his <laughs> views on uh, income no, distribution. No, the, what Phil is saying is the specific complaint about the Night King being taken out halfway through the season. They totally set it up in season seven. So I don't understand right. why people were surprised by it. Uh, Cersei was like, no, I'm not sending my troops up north. I'm going to let them have that battle and then clean up right. after it's done. So when that happened, I don't understand why people were surprised by it. Well, also, the other- they, they demonstrated that if you kill a white walker, it destroys all the, the whites. So if you knew if the Night King dies, all of his minions would go as well. That was set up in Season 7 as well. Yeah, so right. I, I don't understand what the quote-unquote controversy is about. And I saw a lot of people complain, well, gee, the the you know, the Great War, or whatever this was, the Great War, that wasn't much of a war, it lasted one night. It was like, no, that was the last battle of the war. He's been waging war from the north on down for seven seasons now. Right, killing the, the 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 free folk. Right, that's part of the reason they banded together. Was to it was they knew that this was coming. So, the army that he had, the dead that he's built up, that wasn't always there. It's been something he's been accumulating for a while. This this was a a war that lasted for several years. Our guys got involved in it very late. Yeah, because the but, White Walkers came further south, to, all the way to the wall, basically. But which which sounds more dramatically Game of Thronesy to you, to the people, that everyone unites to fight the Night King and lives happily ever after, or they defeat the Night King and everything falls to shit afterwards? <laughs> right. Who was expecting the happy ending here? Did you not watch the rest of the series? Um, right, right. And we had two just, women that called themselves queens that neither of them were ever going to bend to the other. Right. Three. Who's the third? <laughs> oh, Sansa. Sansa. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. <laughs> yeah. No, and that's true. Uh, Rob Stark had already declared that. Rob Stark declared independence of the North in season three, was it? Or two? And yeah. actually, yeah, two. So you're right. You're right. So assuming she, again, we didn't know she would necessarily become the queen until the the last few episodes, but you're right. She wasn't going to bend the knee either. So, yeah, I, I think, again, people just, there was a lot of, and I shared, I know, one or two fan comments online that I saw as to how it should have ended and it is such blatant fan service about you know how Danny gets to have John's babies and then it's just like oh god oh, you know just you know it's just this is this is this is people who are saying it's a half the fans seem angry that they that, didn't get a happy ending yeah. and half the fans are angry that they did get a happy ending so I yeah and that, uh, that whole thing John and Danny I just was never on board with that 
Yeah. They yeah, so basically, I, there was only two endings I think people would have been satisfied with. One was where the, the regular fans, which wanted Danny and John to marry and rule the kingdom forever and ever. That was the first ending. The other ending that I think would be a certain group of... Um, uh, I guess uh, folks with a certain agenda who wanted a, a, a strong woman warrior in Danny to take the throne and and she alone. And I think those are, and and that's the thing is that if they go on either way, you're still going to have people be pissed, right? So even if John yeah. and Danny get married, please everybody, you're going to still have those people with the agenda. Uh, or the progressive woman that wanted a, a feminist icon, they would have been pissed. And if if you had Danny win, then everybody would have been flipping out about what about John? It wasn't why was he a half Argarian, you know, Targaryen and all this other stuff. So I, I guess another way would have been if John became king of the North, the North became independent, and Danny got the throne of the other six kingdoms, and maybe that would have made a lot of people happy, but then it would have pissed me off. for like, Phil. Hey. Exactly. It would have pissed <laughs> me off. So, um, but, but then again, as long as the Starks are independent, uh, the North's independent, I don't give a rat's ass about the other six kingdoms. So, so yeah, so you're never going to please everybody. You're just not. It's that just ain't going to happen. No. And, and again, I don't think there's anything wrong with fans having making predictions. I don't think there's any fans thing wrong with fans with, for fans rooting for something. But you have to remember that there's a difference between wanting something and demanding something. Um, it would be nice. I know, you know, one person who, who loves Bran, I don't know why, really wanted Bran to be on the throne. And so was very happy that Bran got on the throne. That, that's, that's lovely. You know, but would, you, would he have liked it if Bran hadn't? He probably would have. It just that made it easier for him. You know, there's all sorts of things. And people know this is a show that has existed to break your heart, right? I mean, that's from the beginning. There's been George trying. George R. R. Martin is a sadistic bastard. Right. And at the same time, I also want to point out people don't understand the expectations that put on the show. Because once you play that trick three or four times, people start to catch on. And then they start expecting you to do the biggest dick moves you possibly can. And then you can't. You can't outdick them, you know. They'll always come out with a bigger dick move than the writers can. <laughs> um, and you just you have to stop demanding because this wasn't a show that was about twists and turns. It was just about meaning that the stuff that happened. If you go back in hindsight, the seeds are laid. There's foreshadowing as to what's going to happen. It shouldn't be a huge shock to anybody. I mean, it's a shock at the time because you're not expecting it, but it makes sense. They didn't just do random twists out of nowhere for no particularly good reason. Right. You know, so it was, it was, it all has a reason for it. And once you're looking for it and following and seeing who's surviving to the end of the story, the options for twists and turns start diminishing. You weren't going to suddenly get out of nowhere that Sansa was going to propose to Gendry, you know, or that the hound was going to end up on the throne you know, there's all sorts of weird ass shit. People because nobody be expecting it. Well, that's not what the show has been about. Yeah, surprising doesn't mean good necessarily. Right. Uh, and I still maintain that the that the last uh, three seasons of the show um, were a little weaker, just inherently because they didn't have the uh, George R. R. Martin source material to adapt. Um, I I personally think that's the huge difference between early seasons of the show and later seasons of the show. 
Indeed. Uh, that, that's a fair point. You brought that up last week when we were discussing, and um, I, I, I would concur with that. I mean, it's it, it's it's probably very difficult for folks to um, write a tale, um, basically, when you only have, you know, two-thirds of the source material, you know, and only an outline for the, for the last third. Right. And... And never mind the fact that you have to condense, right? So, you know, they have to merge characters together. They have to eliminate characters Well, and here's completely. the thing. They did that very well in the first few seasons. Uh, I think it's just easier to take source material and say, okay, pull this in, leave that out. Pull this in, leave this out. Make it into a, an actual screenplay. Um, do this, do that, and uh, go on. And they did a very good job of that. Once they had, to, Once they only had the signposts, and didn't have everything else to work with, I think that's when it started um, feeling rushed to a lot of people. Sure. Right, and they're dealing with stuff. Writing a novel is very different from writing television. And these guys are TV writers, or movie writers, you know, that's, and that's, that's kind of how this goes. And you're, you're used to doing things in broad sweeps, which is why I, I want to point out they do deal with things in broad sweeps. And if you look at this final season, no matter what you think about the writing had great visuals, I think they're going to be great when they go to star Wars, or I certainly have the potential to be great because that, because that works in something like star Wars. Um, I, I, but you, you went from a show that had been written like a novel for four five, maybe six seasons to something that was written more like television in the final two. And sure. that, that's what was jarring. Sure, sure. No, that, that's fair. Um, well, um, the, again, no, that's, that is still personal opinions. I, there's some people that I know out there that just loved the last couple of seasons, even if um, we can see some weaknesses in them compared to, say, earlier seasons. Um and even uh, some of the earlier seasons, as as I mentioned, some of the, the episodes, you know, wax on, wax off with Aria and, and all that stuff, were just went on way too long as well. Uh, they could have probably just written her character out a lot like they did with Bran's character. They He didn't even appear right. in one whole season. because Bran goes north of the wall five years yeah. later. <laughs> exactly. And technically they could have probably done that with some of, uh, the Aria stuff and various other characters as well. Uh, in the yeah, I think if they'd taken all that time, they, they dedicated to Aria's training sequences and put it in the last couple seasons. It probably would have worked out better for everybody. Yeah. Well, and to that, to Tyrion and, you know, traveling all the way to, to Essos to, to to all the time spent with Bran and Osha and Rickon uh, and uh, what was the other Mira? Yeah, there's all sorts of st- yeah. and, and 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 Hodor. There's all sorts of storylines that we forget about. People bitched about at the time. Um, the Sons of the Harpy probably went on too long. Um, yeah, yeah. So there's all sorts of places. And look, I have no problem. People who will always bitch about. They cut my favorite part. They cut this part. They cut that character. This character is not the same way they were in the book. You, the the books are 143 million pages. You know they they can't include all of it. They're I, from what I've read of the books and the stuff that they've changed. They mostly seem like good decisions. Um, in terms of streamlining things that they didn't really need to do. Neat 
Those so stories. Those complaints, though, are different, I would think, right? Because those are book complainers about the series rather than... Right. Well, there wasn't the false Targaryen. There wasn't Lady Stoneheart. They completely changed Piss Boy, you know, um, and he went with the magical horn. There's all sorts of stuff that they did that was different. Um, and I think most of the changes that I know of that they made seem to be ones that were eliminating side stories that were never going to go anywhere. At least mm -hmm. not in the TV show. Sure, sure. Alright, that's fair. Alright, so let's read some of these emails and, and, and see what we feel about their opinions. How many do uh, we have? Uh, just a handful. And then we'll, we have a Sean Fox uh, voicemail, which we will get to uh, later in the episode as well. But um, only about three or four people. One person that um, is brand new, uh, someone that isn't a member of our Facebook group, uh, that sent us a, a list as well. Um, and so uh, let's we'll start with uh, uh, Jason Storm. Uh, he actually uh, just got a hold of me with his list. He sent it earlier, but it got lost in email some, for some reason. Uh, but Jason Storm is um, a podcaster of The Big Scary Show, which is a uh, oh, yeah. horror. Yeah, so he's a horror themed show that me and Mike have actually met, and he's actually uh, coming to Sierra Con, New England, believe it or not, uh, this cool. year, where cool. we're going to be at. Yeah, um, And I think he'll be at Skiers of Care, too. But this is what he has to say. He goes, um, okay, top ten things Jon Snow still doesn't know. <laughs> and, I like uh, it. <laughs> and, and it's funny, too, because he, he actually starts with number six to be a wise-ass. Uh, <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and he goes, see what I did there? And that's awesome. Uh, so here he goes. Uh, what happened to Ghost's Ear? Yeah, we know it was off screen. Lost right? in we, battle. Yeah. Uh, number five. With all the hand-to-hand -hand combat and archery training at Winterfell, why didn't Ned even ever teach Rickon to Serpentine? <laughs> number four. How to tell a lie. Right. Drogon was completely helping him. Like, ah, man, what the hell? You stabbed Mama? Okay, okay. She was getting a bit out of hand, having me burn things. I actually liked the bald guy in the toga. Okay, tell you what. I'll hide the body and melt <laughs> all the furniture. You think of a story. Uh, <laughs> right. All right. Number three. <sighs> Who taught Ollie the fine arts of shooting arrows and shanking people? <laughs> That was Number probably two. John. Probably. Number two, sticking to those battle strategies they came up with at every war council. Seriously, <laughs> I think climbing the wall was the only plan he stuck to and got right. <laughs> and uh, number one, where can he get more World War II history comparisons from Philip now <laughs> that you know nothing Jon Snow, a Game of Thrones podcast, has completed? Oh, don't worry. Nobody can stop Phil and his World uh, War II comparisons. I was, I got, I have a confession to make, Eric. I never, never wrote the message to Phil, but I was tempted to message Phil that we should uh, do a coordinated trolling with you and come up with as many real world references and comparisons tonight as we possibly can. Uh, yeah, I, <laughs> that would have been fun. <laughs> now we speak. Like, I was tempted to talk to yourself while I walk away from my mic. <laughs> Um, but uh, Jason continues. He goes, thanks for all the hours watching and recording the show. The com commentary by you three has been great over the years and highlighted my enjoyment of the TV show. 
Uh, great job, and congrats on your final episode. Looking forward to more fun on the Dark Discussions podcast and next year's Bullets, Brothels, and Bots a Westworld podcast when it returns. J.F. Storm from uh, The Big Scary Show. See you at Scaricon, New England. Thank you, sir. Look forward to meeting you at the con. Yep, absolutely. Uh, and that was pretty good uh, uh, levity to uh, our lists here. Um, Just listeners know, if you don't already know, that's Scaricon, New England, in Framingham, Massachusetts, June 7th, 8th, and 9th. That's right. We're going to have a table there. We're also uh, working on um, presenting uh, the podcast awards show. Uh, we're interviewing a number of, of artists, uh, specifically uh, director Garo Nagosian. Um, and if we're lucky, we'll be able to uh, uh, do some of the celebrity guests as well. As uh, Mike, you did Elvira last year, as a matter of fact, didn't you? Yeah, and uh, and uh, she said it was amazing. So yeah, that's uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and me and Mike were. Uh, did an interview of Jake, uh, I mean, Blake Lively. Blake Li- Jason Lively. Uh, we did uh, Doug Bradley, who plays Pinhead. Uh, we did uh, a number of others. So it all depends. I, I had asked the guy who runs it, if we, uh, who's coordinating it, what the schedule is, and I haven't gotten an answer yet. So I haven't been able to do any homework and any preparation. So that'll be fun. Indeed. So uh, we'll fi- figure out. Fuck uh, what's We'll do it on. live. But we're going to be there, and we're going to be uh, main uh, mainstays uh, throughout the convention. So if you guys want to hit us up to talk about Game of Thrones or car stuff, uh, scares that scare a con New England in Framingham, Massachusetts, which uh, Mike mentioned was seventh, eighth, and ninth of June. So in uh, two weeks from now. Um, so here we go. We got some more uh, things, and let's see what. The, uh, Sean Spinks, one of our longtime listeners and longtime contributors on the Facebook group. He's an awesome artist as well, uh, and he does uh, conventions and, and sells his work at a lot of conventions in uh, the n- Midwest. Um, and I know uh, he goes to Crypticon in Kansas City, I think, uh, frequently. Exactly. Uh, and this is what he says. He goes, hi, Phil, Mike, and Eric. I'm hard-pressed to, give, uh, to pick favorite episodes, as I think... Uh, the whole series is strong with great moments. Uh, but on a side note, Sean has been a huge supporter of the entire seasons of 7 and 8, as well as the series, similar to myself. Uh, he says, Battle of the Bastards and Hard Home are probably the two I've watched the most. But moments like The Red Wedding, The Viper and the Mountain, uh, Cersei's Destroying the High Sparrow and a Corner of Her Own City, The Hound and His Chicken... Blackwater Bay, Braun fighting for Tyrion's life, Joffrey drinking drain cleaner, uh, crown for king, I can go on all day. So happy to have been listening to you guys for the run of the show as well. It made the experience even better for my desire to just continue emerging myself in the world. Thanks, Sean Spinks. All right. Thank you, Sean. Uh, Amy Schuff's Rain. Uh, she's uh, been a member of our Dark Discussions podcast group for maybe about eight months, and she's a huge supporter of uh, our podcast. Uh, one of our greatest contributors on the Dark Discussions podcast Facebook group. And uh, our first hearing from her was uh, she gave her, her us our uh, a two thousand and 
18 best horror list uh, at the end of last year that we read on our uh, roundup of last year's uh, genre films on, on one of our Dark Discussions podcasts. But uh, she, uh, Amy's a great person, and I'm glad that she was able to send us uh, a thing. She was des- disappointed at how it turned out. Her One of her favorite characters was Danny, uh, up until, obviously, uh, the last two episodes. The, the, yeah, the, the yes. Whole... Yeah, yeah, so she, so she had to uh, remove Danny from her top ten favorite characters, which is understandable. Um, though, to be honest, if she left her on, I would be okay with that because uh, I, my top ten list has a bunch of villains as well. Right. Um, but this is what she has to say. She goes, my favorite characters, and I'll go from number ten to number one. Uh, number ten was Miss Sandy. Uh, okay. Number nine was uh, Gilly. Uh, number eight is Lady Marjorie. Uh, number seven uh, is Sir Davos. Mm-hmm. Uh, number six was Stannis's daughter Shireen. Mm-hmm. Number five was Uncle Benjamin. Number four was Sir Jorah. Number three was Lady M- Mormont. Okay. Number two is Lady Elena Tyrell. And number one, the great Sir Pounce. <laughs> that's yeah. that's outside the norm of that one. There you go. There you go. Number uh, one ca- number one character that won't appear on any favorite lists, Rick on. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> right. That's true. No one hated him, he's just that he was He so wasn't around and then he died. <laughs> yeah. Uh favorite episode she wrote was Hard Home. Mm-hmm. Uh, and least favorite episode uh, are episodes five and six of season eight. Uh, least favorite character, and this was a surprise, uh, though I believe a few other people have has this on their one of their least as well, which is uh, Kyburn. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, it depends on why you mean least favorite. Like you just didn't like the character or found the character loathsome. You know, right. like Joffrey is a character nobody likes, but he's a great villain. Oh, he's as awesome. opposed to they were just terrible characters, for right. like the Sand Snakes. Yeah, they were just terrible. Nope, that's fair mommy, point. mommy, mommy. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> they were pretty hot, though. I'll give them that. Uh, that would open their mouths. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's see here. Uh, this one is uh, from the new listener that uh, we didn't know about. And we would like to thank him for sending it in. But uh, this is what he has to say. He goes, hello, you know nothing, Jon Snow. Longtime listener, Travis Maxwell Boone. There we go. Louisiana. Here with my list of favorites. And actually, I think he may have just joined the Facebook group just uh, two weeks ago. Um, And this is what he says. He goes, my top four favorite characters in Game of Thrones are Tyrion, Arya, Jon Snow, and Daenerys. Tyrion is such a witty character that must overcome his challenges using his smarts and I love the underdog Arya goes against the grain and blazes her own trail leaving the bodies of her enemies in her wake John is the perfect soldier and an honorable man a clear rarity in this world and lastly Danny has such a transformative arc where she rises to power only to be usurped by her own madness I couldn't pick a single favorite episode, but some of my favorite moments include Tyrion's trial for the murder of Joffrey, Littlefinger's chaos is a ladder speech, the battle of the bastards, and Ramsay finally receiving some much-deserved justice, 
Cersei's destroying the High Sparrow and his followers as much as people seem to hate the bells. I am drawn to the imagery of Danny going mad with the city bells ringing and Drogon subsequently burning King's Landing to the ground. The aftermath is so compelling as well. I'll end my email with this last bit. The final season of the show wasn't ruined by pacing issues or character assassination. It was ruined by audience expectations. <laughs> this series was amazingly crafted, acted, written, and delivered some of the most memorable and epic moments in television history and will resonate through culture for a very long time. Thank you guys for an entertaining podcast. I hope you return for spinoffs. Cheers. All right. Thank you, Travis. So, uh, Eric, he wants you as a sp- to join the spinoffs. I didn't hear that. He says, I hope you guys. All right. All right. <laughs> all right and let's see. This one's from Barrett Heisner. Uh, Barrett Heisner is uh, actually a co-worker of mine. Uh, he's out of Richmond, Virginia. He um, was a really good guy, uh, excellent sequel programmer. And he um, and me met for the first time in person when I headed down to Scares That Care in Williamsburg, Virginia. We had dinner at Buffalo Wild Wings. And I brought him a, a six-pack of Narragansett beer because he had never had it before. <laughs> Um, and I brought him uh, one of my books too. I have six st- short stories in. Um, but uh, this is what he has to say. He says uh, the best for episodes. Uh, number ten was the Long Night. Number nine was the Winds of Winter. Number eight was the Red Woman. Number seven was the Bells. Number six was Fire and Blood. Number five was the Dragon and the Wolf. Number four was the Battle of the Bastards. Number three was Black Water. Number two was Mountain and the Viper. And number one was Reigns of Castamere. The worst was number three was Kill the Boy. Number two was the Iron Throne. And number one was the Last of the Starks. So he was obviously, even though he did like the Bells as in his top ten, he had two, uh, the two worst also of season eight. Uh, best characters. Number 10 is Jamie Lannister. Number 9 is Davos. Number 8 is Sandor Clegane. Number 7 is Brienne of Tarth. Number 6 is Samuel Tarly. Number 5 is Daenerys Targaryen. Number 4 is Rob Stark. Number 3 is Jon Snow. Number 2 is Arya Stark. And number 1 is Tyrion Lannister. And uh, worst, and I'm thankful this because he always rips Sansa. He does not have Sansa as a worst character. <laughs> he has uh, on the t- five worst characters. He has Euron Greyjoy as number five. Number four is Joffrey. Number three is Kyburn. Number two is Bran Stark, and number one is Ramsay Bolton. Mm. And yeah, that was interesting. All right, so thank you, Barrett. Uh, and now we have uh, Scott Crawford, who does a podcast as well. Uh, and he has this. He goes, I can't, I can do the top ten characters in bottom five now and think about what episodes I would add, but let me just do what I, I can on this quick spur of the moment. And he goes, Number ten is Varys. Number nine is Peter Baelish. Number eight is Oberyn Martell. Number seven is Brienne of Tarth. Number six is Tormund Giantsbane. Number five is Tyrion Lannister. Number four is Ramsay Bolton. Number three is Arya Stark. Number two is Sandor Clegane. And number one is Jamie Lannister. Bottom five in no particular order. 
uh, all three Sand Snakes, Caitlin Stark, and Dario. Nar, whatever his name is. Naharis. <laughs> Naharis. He wrote Dario Nah. <laughs> And I, yeah, I had the sand snakes on my bottom character list, but I had them as a one entry. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah I, I actually didn't put them on mine, but uh, when we get, we'll get to that. Um, all right, so what what is the segment we usually have at this moment, Eric? Well, I've been told by Phil that uh, Mr. Sean Fox actually took it upon himself to read his own email this week. Appreciate it. Sean, my voice was getting tired. Uh, so let's find out what the fox. What does the fox say? What the fox say? Hey gang, the ginger wildling is here and attempting to try a recorded ranting as reparations for all the word crimes committed against poor Eric's voice by this soulless creature who was kissed by fire. Plus, I wanted to finally solve the biggest mystery of all, unleash the darkest of dark revelations of what does the fox say? My lists are ready, and now I cry havoc and let slip the words of fox. My top ten best characters, my honorable mentions, which was the most difficult part of this, as they are all great characters who at any point could have easily been on my main list. They include Braun, Master of Coin and Protector of the Realm's Brothels, Tywin, Lady Olenna, Sander Clegane, Brother Ray, played by Ian McShane, Doran Martell, Oberyn Martell, Sir Davos, Mance Raider, Gior Mormont, Jorah Mormont, and fan fave, Lyanna Mormont. Top 10. Number 10 is Jacques Hagar, who's the character that I would have loved to have followed more. Lots of mystery and a far darker Mr. Miyagi to Arya's assassin kid. Number 9 Ned, how can you not like a Sean Bean character, and how can you not expect his death at some point? He was an excellent Ned who just was far too honorable for a dishonorable world. Number eight, Marjorie, I always liked her. She seemed to be an excellent balance of beauty, brains, empathy, and playing the game. Her death was a very sad one for me. Number seven is Brienne. She was a character I enjoyed for her sense of honor and dedication. Her getting knighted was one of the happiest moments in the series. Number six, Tormund. He started out in my dislike category, but like any good ginger, they grow on you or steal your soul. But his charm, gingerness, wise sayings, and storytelling skills were far above par. Sadly, he never got the love of his life to see him as he saw her, and that is the true tragedy of this story. Number five, Arya, her rise as top student of Stab with the pointy end, top assassin, savior of Westeros, closer of brown eyes, green eyes, and blue eyes, her journey was probably the best honored and most satisfying for me, including being road trip pal to the hound, shutting up stupid Yar's BS, all of which gives her a pass even though she killed the misunderstood Night King. Number four, Tyrion, as he was a character who I felt an empathy for, as he was dealt a hand of biases and things against him beyond his control. But like in this world, he was tainted as a killer, schemer, and the main reason Westerosi and Essos liquor sales plummeted at the ending of the final seasons with his non-drinking policy. Shame, Tyrion. Shame. Number three, Littlefinger, even though he never saw the end, he certainly got the game going. He was always a joy on the screen, and it is true chaos is a ladder, as is messing with Team Sansa and Phil. 1.5 goes to the Night King. The big bad with the wicked cool powers literally and figuratively. His end came far too soon. But I loved his run and wished he had been able to give his mercy to King's Landing, not Danny. 
A character with a cool kind of Darth Maul edge, though not very verbose, he always had quite a chilling aura about him. He could also throw spears and super slow-mo walk like no one's business. Number one, my choice was the dragons, the direwolves, and a special shout-out to Sir Pounce. Why? Because that's how I roll, and people suck. My top 10 worst characters, the ones I hated, despised, or just wanted included on the list to receive the special Bernie Dracarys gift as part of the special Bernie Dracarys Campaign of Mercy tour that Danny was giving unto the world. Honorable mentions, Cersei, Sir Marin Trent, The Mountain, The Golden Company, Most Expensive Waste of Gold Ever, Alistair Thorne and Ollie, two sniveling characters that got what was coming to them, Miranda, Lysa, and Robin Aaron. Top 10. 10 goes to Small John Umber for murdering Shaggy Dog. Number 9, Yara, because it is hard to like a Greyjoy, and truly the only good Greyjoy is a dead one. Number 8, Quyburn, because he was Cersei's SS scientist who murdered Rhaegal via Euron. He gave a murderous mountain undead life, was far too excited about Cena White, and he was just an evil force. Number seven, Danny, the queen of Bernie, Bernie mass murder and mother of atrocities. Her arc was there for her rise as the final boss. She just happened to be the beautiful face and style that blinded some to her cruelty, being a tyrant and calling it all of it mercy. Number six, Walder Frey and the phrase murdering Greywind. They murdered guests in their own home, which itself is quite against the etiquette of most worlds. But murdering Greywind as they did... Arya's elimination of the House of Frey was truly a gift from the many-faced god. Number five, Grey Worm, the criminal, the war criminal, enough said. Number three is a tie because it's Joffrey and Ramsay. Their cruelty and vile natures are just the starting points of, from this list. They are proof that power corrupts, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. Number one, with a tie worthy of just how much I hated them, they alone could be my entire list. But the tops are Euron, Ilaria Sand, and the Bland Snakes. Not only a crappy name for a band, but a band of characters that never should have seen any screen time in the incarnation provided in the TV series. Not knocking the actor and actresses involved, they did all they could with just horrible, horrible material on the show. The book versions of them would have wanted them dead, I'm quite sure. My top 10 episodes, Honorable Mentions, The Long Night, The Iron Throne, A Golden Crown, Beyond the Wall, Spoils of War, Mountain and the Viper. My top 10, 10 is Dragon and the Wolf, 9, Blackwater, 8, Watchers on the Wall, 7, A Knight of the Seven Kingdoms, 6, The Bells, 5, Reigns of Castamere, Number four, Mother's Mercy. Number three is Baylor. Number two, Winds of Winter. And number one is Hard Home. My heartfelt thanks to you, Phil, Eric, and Mike, from your standalone Game of Thrones reviews from seasons one to four, then creating an essential piece of the Dark Discussions Empire and You Know Nothing, Jon Snow, for seasons five to eight. You provided so many hours of entertainment, thoughtful introspection, and priceless content in a podcast verse often mired in a lot of egos and getting oneself over by hurting and insulting others. There's never part of your mandate, and even when you disagreed, you did it with class and respect. Sorry to hear that Eric won't be here to do the prequel series, but his legacy of awesome remains. I'm so thankful and grateful to have had the chance to follow the journey and be here at the end of this path. I never would have guessed that when I first started Game of Thrones back in April of 2011 that I would have uh, found such an awesome companion to the show and awesome email friends in the process. 
I salute you for all you have done to make the Game of Thrones experience even better. Without you guys and your podcasts, the podcast verse would truly be dark and full of terrors. Thanks, guys. Great work. What does the fuck say? All right, very good. So, uh, Sean, Fox, the last of the Fox segments, and uh, it's greatly appreciated. However, uh, he does send us emails often uh, to the Dark Discussions podcast when we discuss uh, the horror films and whatnot over there. Uh, and you can also always find Sean on the Facebook group as well. And, and I'm sure completely distressed over the fact that now the number of ginger-haired northerners has dropped down to zero on TV. That's true. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that is true. No representation yeah. for your people. <laughs> yeah, that's a shame. Uh, what are you gonna do? Well, hold on, hold on. actually, would Evan Rachel would be considered? Uh, no, nah, she's not northern. Nah. Still, yeah, yeah. Is well. she ginger? Nah. Well, she no. goes red a lot. I don't know if she's true. No, yeah. no. Uh, women, you can't trust their hair color. <laughs> That is true. That that is true. And but, anyone who complains about that being sexist, prove me wrong. No, honestly, that that's a fair point because yeah, it's demographically speaking, uh, women do ch- change the color of the hair often, add highlights and whatnot, while men <sighs> usually don't unless they're trying to not be gray or they're punk rockers. All right, so I uh, my hair, so I don't have any issues. That's true. Or we don't have hair. That's a good point yes. too, Eric. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's see here. Let's, uh, I guess we could do some of our own lists here. Um, what do you want to do first? You want to do like best characters, worst characters, best Up episode? to you, man. All right. Um, all right, let's do the best characters, I guess. Okay. So, Eric, yeah, why don't you start if you want? You go 10 right. to 1. Or uh, in our I'll do mentions. 10 to 1. Um, okay. Number 10 is Littlefinger. Yeah, you uh, number 9 is Cersei. Now, uh, number eight is going to be one that a lot of people aren't going to recognize right away. I put Carsey down. Who? Carsey. Carsey? Yeah, if you don't remember who she is, she was the wilding woman at Hard Home. Oh, yeah. And she had exactly one half of, basically half of an episode, and yet she still managed to make me care about her enough to be upset when she died. Um, so I thought that gave her... Uh, enough cred to put on this list. Um, number seven is Drogon. Uh, number six is Arya. Number five is Lady Olena. Number four is Tormund. Number three is Tywin. Number two is the Hound. And number one is Tyrion. It's a good list. Thank you. Mike, any opinions on that list? No, it's a pretty solid list. Uh, I like the one obscure entry, uh, but it's a justifiable obscure entry. Uh, a little concerned by the lack of hot pie, but that's okay. <laughs> well, let's hear yours, Mike. <laughs> All right, so, uh, yeah, I actually went mostly with secondary characters because, honestly, we're, a lot of the, the main characters change so much over the course of the series um, I, I either liked them more at the end than I did at the beginning, or liked them less at the end than I did at the beginning, and it just so anyway. The ones I I, I guess I was really attached to, um, obviously, uh, 
hot pie. Um, <laughs> and and the, the ordering is, is very questionable here. But So number number 10, hot pie. Number 9, Tywin Lannister. Number 8, Jorah Mormont. Number 7, uh, I'm sure I'm one of the only people who's going to have him on my list, is Walder Frey. Oh, uh, no, he's a great character. He's uh, great. Choice. Awesome just, choice. Just talk about somebody who just doesn't give a fuck about anything. Um... Number uh, number six, Lady Olena, uh, still my choice for when she was alive, the most dangerous person in Westeros. Uh, number five, Davos. Number four, Bronn. Uh, number three, the Hound. Number two uh, is two characters, Varys and Littlefinger, because I like them both together. I didn't like them nearly as much when they were separate. Oh yeah. So Varys and Littlefinger as a as a comedy Combo. duo. Uh, and of course, and number one, uh, because he's he's the character apparently based on me is Sam. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, it's good. It's good. Um, yeah, for me, um, yeah, I I had mixed it up between lesser characters and major characters. Um, the list continuously changes, to be honest, except for maybe the, the number first. one spot. The number Gee, one spot. I wonder what Phil's number one character is going to be. It's a mystery. I can't wait to find out. <laughs> yes. Um, I do have a couple of honorable <laughs> mentions, uh, like Jon Snow, the Night King, and Stannis, the the one and only king. Um, the one and true king, I mean, uh, are alternates, um, but they didn't make my, my top ten, because, I, I like I said, I put a lot of lesser characters, similar to like Mike did. Um, but uh, I went with uh, the following. Uh, number ten is uh, Ned Stark. Okay. Number nine is Jamie Lannister. Okay. Number eight is Melisandre, the witch. She's a witch! Thank you, I was waiting for that. Number seven, Kyburn. Number six, Gendry. Gendry. Number five, Tywin Lannister. Okay. Number four, Marjorie Tyrell. All right. Number three, Bronn. Number two, Cersei Lannister. Mm-hmm. And number one, Sansa Stark. Okay. The Queen of the North. What a shock. Now, the thing that's interesting about the show is like Cersei Lannister would be one of my most hated characters prior to season four, is it? And then after the the walk, um she became one of my favorite characters. So the the, the show really does work and make you like and hate characters as it goes. I mean, Jamie, everybody probably hated the first season and maybe the second season, and then they liked them as as the show went on. So um, Cersei was probably the biggest change, because as we know, Mike, me and you were arguing about her for for hours, if we could have, during our earlier episodes of this podcast, where I always hated her and you always said well there's gray here and yeah and if anything i was disappointed that they moved her into such a black and white area towards the end where she had some gray and that gray got completely washed away using just for queens um (laughs) but by the end of the show though in the book she was like pure evil from day one i mean they talk about she talks about how she purposely had abortions when she got pregnant by robert um then how she actually poisoned i mean it's it's not 
um, questionable or, or if she did or did not poison Barrett Robert. It, well, in the in the show, it's it's you don't you're not a hundred percent sure, but in the book, you know she killed him. So uh, she's really evil in the book. So uh, book readers were probably thinking as I did all along that she was always black, but um, she just became cool after and vengeful after a season four or five. I felt. Um, but your point for the show, you're absolutely right. She was very sympathetic. It's very certain. Well, somewhat sympathetic. Yeah, you can. I could sympathize with her point of view and her resentment as to being a woman, being forced to marry a man she didn't love, uh, you know, and who didn't love her, uh, and you know, not being able to participate fully in like the battles the way Jamie could, and and so forth. Um, you know, just it's and and by the way, for all the people who bitched about the lack of progressive politics in the shows set around the Middle Ages, mm. um, you know, she was making that argument from the beginning, right? I mean, they were never promised they were going to have a sexual revolution in the show, but that voice was there. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, no, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. I mean, yeah, the, uh, for the show. Um, whether or not people hated Cersei's, including progressive women or not, as well as um, complaining about how certain woman characters turned out uh, at the end, whether it's Brienne or Sansa or whoever, um, or even Dan- Danny for that matter. Um, the show was fairly um, uh more progressive for a medieval show than than other medieval sh- programming or movies that we've seen of women in that, I guess, medieval era that you mentioned, Mike. So you got to give it dibs for that. Um, all right, so um, I guess we could go to our worst mm-hmm. characters. Um, so Eric, why don't you give your opinion of the characters you dislike the most? All right. Uh, I just did a top five here. Yep. Uh, number five, Ollie, traitorous little prick. Uh, number four, the waif. Number three, uh, the high sparrow. Uh, number two, all of the sand snakes. And number three, Euron Greyjoy, piss boy himself. Fuck that guy. You mean number one? Yes. What I say? You said number three, but well, no, he's number one. Okay. He's so the he number is. one turd. Yeah, yeah number one piece sense. of crap. Number one piss boy. Yeah, all right, fair enough. Um, yeah, for me, I actually only listed six, um, and they are as follow in, uh, in no particular order except number one. Uh, though uh, I loved her character the last two episodes of the season, but um, they are Yara. I, I couldn't stand that character; never liked her. And then when Arya wanted to kill her, I was like. I was very happy. Shay, because she's a backstabbing bitch that helped uh, frame Tyrion. Missande, okay. uh, because she was part of uh, the, the evil group that I felt were war criminals. Grey Worm, because he's a scumbag. <laughs> Caitlin Stark, because she's the worst idiot, stupidest person on the face of the earth. <laughs> Not gonna argue. And uh, oh, yeah, she was terrible. That and wouldn't have been a red wedding if they had listened to her. Yeah, that's true. So I guess it was good that she was she was an idiot because, yeah, the red wedding happened. Um, 
though Rob died, and I liked him. Um, and then my number one hated character, even though I, I loved her the last two episodes of the season, was Daenerys Targaryen. Um, Mike? Yeah, uh, so I forgot some of the characters, but I'll just go with the ones I'd written down. Uh, just because they just... Ugh. I had Number five was Bran. Just why? Why? Just... <laughs> Just, hey, I'm, man. Gonna, I'm just going to sit here and stare at people. Uh, I, I really resented a lot of the time we spent on his whole story arc, and yeah, and they, I don't think they ever really figured out how to use him effectively. Uh, number four, Sansa, mm-hmm. because she went Ooh. from a because she went from a whiny little bitch who got her dog killed um, and wanted Joffrey's babies. Uh, you're suddenly being out of nowhere the smartest person Arya knows. It's just I, I thought she had the least earned arc out of anybody on the show. Uh, yeah, I'm right there with you. Uh, let's keep picking on the Starks here with Rickon, uh, because he sucks because he goes with Bran. Um, he's That's not at, you know, and and then then Dario. Because, I mean, he yeah, was so bad they exactly. recast him, and he still wasn't that good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, of course, number one is Sansneaks. Because Sansneaks. They're horrible. Because mommy, mommy, mommy. Because, <laughs> God, uh, all the people praised how awesome the early seasons were. Say, I, I, put that, I wrote that on, on a different Facebook group. And I said, and nobody argued, I said, I don't care how much you dislike season eight, it's better than the Sand Snakes. And nobody said, no, you're wrong. They're all like, okay, fair point. <laughs> it was just, the Sand Snakes were awful. Awful. God awful. Yeah, they did suck. They really did. <laughs> but, what are you going to do? Yeah, actually, that you could argue that that was the beginning. Uh, the the people who started hating the Double Ds, the, their characterization of the Sand Snakes were, were could have been the first crack. Yeah, I don't know. And right, a lot so, of that felt like they had nothing to do with Jamie and Bron at that point in the series, and they had to come up with something for them to do. Mm. You know, I I think that's kind of how it felt to me. Whether that was true or not. I know there's a whole story with the Sand Snakes in the books, but it's a storyline that really didn't go anywhere, other than the fact that they used it to kill off Marcella. But at least they had one of the worst lines in television history. <laughs> mommy, mommy, said, mommy? No, no. You want the good girl, but you need the bad pussy. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that actress... Who wrote that? And that actress... Oh. Actress was the star of a, of a, a child's TV show. Oh, goodness. <laughs> oh, jeez. Well, and again, we usually don't complain about the actors or actresses. It's just, it's often just a case, in this case, of the writing was just terrible. They never knew what to do with them, All I right. think. <laughs> right, right. All right, what next? Um,. Well, um, all right, let's go through our favorite episodes. All right, so uh, I, got, I got a few. Uh, obviously, Hard Home, right? Everybody yeah. would probably concur with that, right? Uh, yep. The Spoils of War, right? Yep. That was a great one. Yep. Mm-hmm. Let's see. The Winds of Winter, right? Yep. Right? That, that, mm-hmm. The Nuke, right? Mm-hmm. 
Um, let's see. And then I have a few others that are, um, I don't know, and I forget why I chose them, except that, oh, okay, I do know some of them. Like, for example, uh, Vala Margolis, which was season two, episode 10. And I chose that one because the scene when Sam sees the other or the White Walker for the first time mm -hmm. and it looks at him and makes that scream. Uh -huh. That was like awesome, I felt. So I put it on my list. The Bells, I put that one on my list, mm -hmm. uh, which is season eight, episode five. And The Iron Throne, season eight and episode six, because that whole first 40 minutes of Danny's evilness was like just awesome. It was pretty awesome. Yeah, uh, and then I have season three, episode one, which is Vala Doharis, and I believe that was chosen by me because it has the chicken scene. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, um, and then I have season eight, episode two, A Night of the Seven Kingdoms. Yep, that was a good one when all the characters are together. Uh, season seven, episode seven, The Dragon and the Wolf. Okay. That's when, when the wall comes down, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, I got season four, episode three, which is Breaker of Chains. Okay. And I forget why I chose that one. Um, is that the one where she torches the dude? Yeah, that's. Yes, it is. Okay. I believe I mean, it was. There was a different reason I chose it. Yeah, yeah. he's not picking a pro Danny episode. We know that. No. <laughs> hell no. Hell no, she was terrible. Um, I think, it, let me see why I chose that. Uh, was, oh, I remember why, because that was the one where, where Joffrey has that, the scene when he, when he talks about how he wants to give Rob's head to his, his, uh, his future wife, Sansa. Oh, that's the one her. where she takes her out where all the severed heads are? No, no, it's, it's, it's the one when uh, he, the, Tyrion says, a uh, Tywin says, go to bed. Oh, right, right, right. He sends okay. the, the king to bed. That's just, that scene was just so funny. Which episode was that? Um, I believe it was Breaker of Chains. Okay, that was season three, episode that, three or four, right? Uh, yeah, season, season four, episode three. Mm -hmm. So Rob Stark's dead, and he, go, he announces it to the, the High Council, with Tywin leading it, that, did you, have you heard the news? Rob Stark is dead. I'm going to have his head sent to me, and I'm going to serve it to Sansa for dinner. And, and everybody's, like, horrified. And then they, they send him to bed. <laughs> and, and, and Joffrey's so insane that he doesn't know that he's actually insane, because he goes, no, I'm serious. I'm going to serve her, his head for dinner. Uh -huh. It was just a great scene, I felt. So I chose a couple of episodes because of some scenes rather than mm -hmm. for their awesomeness. Um, so obviously I, I missed some some big big episodes like the purple wedding and the red wedding and and Blackwater and all that. But I still I think I got six or seven of the the ones that most people would choose anyway. Um, all right, what about yourself, Eric? What do you got? Um, I'll just uh, uh, I have some duplicates from you. I had uh, Night of the Southern Kingdoms, Winds of Winter, Spells of War, Hard Home, all on there. Um, I had a Golden Crown. Uh, yep. that's when they they pour the, the molten gold over Dickhead's head. That was fun. <laughs> um Baylor, when Ned Stark gets beheaded. Um yep. Battle of Blackwater. The line in the rose is Joffrey's wedding. Um so that was good. Uh The Door. Uh, oh, that's good. Yeah, that's a good episode. 
Um, and I like the long night, uh, I guess, cause I could see it. <laughs> the long um, night, which one was that? That was the, the battle with the night King. Yeah. Oh yeah. That was a good one. Yeah. 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 So, uh, so those are the ones I had. All right. What about yourself, Mick? All right. So I, w- I didn't want to come up with a top 10 because I said there's only 70, like three episodes. Right. So, uh, and then, um, I ended up realizing uh well i'll explain you'll figure it out in a minute so uh in no specific order uh i had ones that you've already mentioned which are of course uh and because of the nature of the show every episode follows multiple plot threads and there's a lot of consistency from episode to episode we tend to remember the thing in the episode you know like mm-hmm. go to bed the chicken scene whatever um and I was not going to go through and rewatch every single episode for this list and, and rate it on a small scale. So uh, the first and most obvious thing is what put Game of Thrones on the map was Baylor, the beheading of Ned Stark. Mm-hmm. Um, what I think was one of their was the first big battle episode they did, and I thought they had some great character work, and it also was Blackwater. Mm-hmm. Um, Lion and the Rose, you know, the wedding. Uh, I, I love that episode. Uh, then Hard Home is topping an awful lot of lists that I've seen, and deservedly so. Uh, and that was one of the last times I think they really shocked me, because it was episode eight, I think, in the season. Uh-huh. And yeah, everyone right was here. waiting for uh, ep- episode eight, season five. Right. So everyone's expecting at that point we had been conditioned to having the big moment, as Baylor was episode nine, Blackwater was episode nine. And we're all waiting for episode nine to be the big moment. And here comes Hard Home out of nowhere, just hits us with a phenomenally frightening, terrifying sequence. Uh, and then, uh, and then spoils of war for the loot train, mm-hmm. which of all the big battles they did might end up being my favorite of the big battles. It was pretty awesome. It was. Uh, and then I just realized I was pulling out scenes from the same, what I hadn't realized were all the same chunk of episodes. Uh So I said, fuck it. So for the next group of episodes, it's uh, season four, episodes six through 10 laws of gods and men, (laughs) uh, mockingbird mountain and the viper uh, watchers on the wall and the children Uh, laws of gods and men was Tyrion's trial. Uh, Mockingbird. It kind of is in there. That's where, uh, Lady Aaron gets pushed out the moon door, but it's part of that string. It's uh, all the conversations Tyrion has trying to find who's going to be his champion yep. um, in the cell. Then the mountain and the viper, of course, uh, we all know. You raped her! You murdered her! You killed her children! <laughs> you killed my father and prepared to die! Uh, uh, Watchers in the Wall, another... I think great underrated uh, battle episode um, with Ollie killing um, Egret. Egret, yep. Uh, Rightfully so, Egret's because, like known because his, she yes. she murdered his village. Yep. And then uh, the children, which uh, which ends with uh, uh, what is it? Tywin's death. Well, it has well it has Tywin's death in it. It ends with uh, I think with Bra- with Bran finding the tree. Three-eyed Raven and um, the fairies killing the White Walkers or, or the, the Whites, uh, but it also has the battle between the Hound and Brienne. Oh yeah, right. 
So as a run of episodes, that might be my favorite run of five episodes throughout the entire series. Right. Right. So I said, screw it. I'll just put them right there as a, as my number one chunk. Right. Right. Yeah, right. No, that's that's not a bad bad list. And you know what's funny is that we didn't mention that Reigns of Castile or the Red Wedding or whatever it's called. Right. We didn't mm-hmm. mention Mother's Mercy, which was another huge one. Um so so there there's a lot of other Oh, and I love yeah, there's stuff like uh Dance with Dragons, which was the uh arena battle, which I really liked. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's uh, a, a that was a good one, two, th- uh, three. I mean, eight, nine, and ten episode too, because it was yeah. eight was Hard Home, Dance of Dragons was was number nine, and number ten was Mother's Mercy. Right. Yeah. So that was a good th- one, two, three as well. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And you're right. The Dance of Dragons was pretty solid too, even though it was a, a one of the scenes I usually would have fast forwarded because it took place in Essos. Anything that took place in Essos, I always I. On my rewatches, I usually fast forward it. Um, uh, but yeah, those are some good episodes. Um, and you know, I wrote down top ten scenes too, and they all came out of those episodes. The only yeah. thing I have written down here that hasn't been talked about yet um, is in season seven when they went north of the wall, white hunting. Uh, that first walk and talk with the group, uh, I thought was oh, yeah. was a was a was a good. Oh. Time. Very yeah, humorous. can I also? Yeah, I forgot. So I put this to the side as a special recognition. Was that episode Beyond the Wall? Yeah, that's because season s- seven, right? Yes, that's one we I, watched together. Right. So that one has a special place for me because that was uh, that was our first meetup as a group uh, since we did the World War Z episode, um, and the first time we did it for specifically the Game of Thrones podcast is the only episode we watched together uh, uh, in my hotel room. Uh, and so there was that, and it has that awesome moment of the of uh, Viserion being resurrected as an ice dragon. Mm-hmm. It has all these awesome moments in it, and so that gets a special place of one of my favorite episodes. But it also has uh, Benjen Stark saving John <laughs> from the lake. <laughs> Yeah, and John being tough. able to survive, being soaked in, in ice water, and survive. Here, take my horse. I'll be fine. Okay. And dying immediately <laughs> afterwards. And and surviving the trek from beyond the wall to the... It's It was one of the worst... There are certain terrible moments, terrible plot contrivances in Game of Thrones. That was one of the worst. And along with uh, not spoils of war, but the episode after, where Jamie and Bronn, who we last saw wearing heavy, heavy armor, going into the drink, crawling out of a lake as if it was a swimming pool. Um, <laughs> there were, there were, yeah, those were like signs. Oh, and, and like, they just like, walked like two miles, the man. What's the problem? And like two miles further away from where the battle actually took place, too. Yeah. So yeah, there's all sorts. Yeah, those are there. There were a lot of bullshit moments. Well, actually, I can't say there's a lot. There were a few bullshit moments throughout the course of the series. Those were two of the biggest bullshit moments in, yeah. in the series. I'll give you that. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure we could think of a few others, but th- those those work for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, what other scenes? Any, uh, what about you, Mike? Any specific scenes? Uh, I guess for me, obviously, the chicken scene was huge. Joffrey being sent to bed without supper was huge. Uh, I felt the Umber kid... 
stuck to the wall was huge. Yeah, oh, that was pretty awesome. Was yeah, awesome. I think I think there's all sorts of. I mean, most of the small council scenes I love. You know, and, and there's always just great moments of dialogue. Uh, but I love the scene where Pycelle farts. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was just at the time such an out of nowhere sort of thing. Uh, yeah, it's, it's keeping it real, Mike. It was keeping. Yeah, it, real. it was keeping it real. Yeah, there, it's it's yeah. I, I can't place a specific scene off the top of my head right now, but it just it's just chock full of great moments. Um, because too many fresh things are in my head, and I'd have to really dig back. There's it is literally such a rich show. I'd have a hard time pulling out one here or the other. Um, I had oh, like oh, you know, f- f- fuck the king. That was awesome. Yeah, when he first says that, that was the hound. Yeah. It was like came out of nowhere. Yeah. But you were saying it's more. I'm sorry. Oh, oh, the 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 red witch um, uh, giving birth. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I really appreciate uh, that, the fact that, that when uh, when uh, Carice Van Houten actually got pregnant in real life, uh, she tweeted, "Okay, I'm ready for your smoke baby jokes." <laughs> awesome. I give her credit on that one. That yeah, awesome. you know, honestly, one of the things I'm going to miss most about the show is the memes. Oh, I'm sure. not. Sure. Oh, fuck memes! I hate yeah. Memes. Oh God, no. I mean, it started out with. I'm pretty. I don't know if it was the first one. It might have been of of the the meme the the of Tyrion smacking Joffrey repeatedly. Okay, and just on on a loop. And, and yeah. I think I, I don't know. I think they've had a lot of good memes on the show on uh, that's derived from the show. Many, well, some of them. Out, okay. Yeah, some of them out of hate. Many of them out of love. There's a, there was a lot of great quotes, right? I mean, uh, obviously the obvious ones are the night is dark and full of terrors, winter is coming, and um, you know nothing, Jon Snow. Um, but also the one about uh, Tyrion, I drink and what's, what's that one? That was I drink one. and I know things. Yeah, that's a good one. That's what uh, I do. I can't yeah. remember if we talked about this on, on the last show or not. Uh, did you guys read about uh, the ending of Tyrion's joke? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, I think I was. I read it in the yeah the the genie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I yeah I read it in the last episode. Gotcha. Yeah, okay. that's right. You did read it in the last episode. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I just couldn't remember. Right, right. Oh, oh, I like the 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 quote um, that Santa said. Uh, the the lone wolf dies, but the pack survives. That was good. And and then she summarily breaks up the family in the last episode. <laughs> Um. Well, the, Arya was going anyway, so and Jon Snow got screwed by Tyrion. Uh, he's still alive. I don't call that getting screwed. That's yeah. true. Yeah, yeah, you're right. He, he made it. Out. He made it out alive. That's all. You and I say. don't think he got screwed by Tyrion. I think they all agreed to that. I don't think it was Tyrion that came up with that solution. No, you're right, right. Oh. But I mean, Tyrion was as technically as guilty as him, in my opinion, and, and he. Yeah, but Tyrion's smart enough not to say I told him to do it. Right, <laughs> right. And John's John's too loyal and honorable not to throw throw him under the bus. Oh, loyal, honorable, dumb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, the dragon flew away with a dead body. There's really no evidence. It's just I all you got to do is where is she? I don't know. 
Oh, Podrick. How do we forget Podrick? The conversation oh, of the Podrick, but the when you just when they 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 return the gold coins <laughs> and the look on his face and Bron, Tyrion Bronn's face, like, what did he do? What did he? How? How did he? <laughs> oh, yeah, Bronn was all pissed. Um, uh, and uh, of course, Joffrey screaming, "I'm the king!" That was that, that was just hilarious. <laughs> Joffrey was awesome. <laughs> he was, he was an awful. Fuck. He was he he was great to hate. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. When he when he died, even though it was awesome that he died, and it was awesome how he died, um, it was also a bummer because it's like, damn, he was such a great villain, and he's gone. <laughs> Same with Ramsey Bolton when he he died, it was oh, I hated that guy. Yeah, but but he was he was a riot. I felt he was a riot. Yeah. See, I don't I don't think like I look at the villains like Joffrey and Ty or quote unquote villains Joffrey Tywin. Danny, Cersei, um, Walder Frey, uh, Cal Drogo, and I, who I would think in the first season, even Viserys, um, mm-hmm. uh, they were they were, Baelish. they were they were fun in a way I never enjoyed with Ramsay. I, I don't know why. Um, it didn't help that like storylines drawn out. Uh, watching Theon get tortured in the first in the third season, yeah, I thought that, that was, went that, that went on too pleasant. long. Yeah. Um, well, it should be pleasant, but it went on longer than was necessary. Um, also, yeah. uh, you know what? I never understood why he he tortured Theon because it wasn't like he was really he an enemy it. of Theon. But but he wasn't an enemy. They weren't. He was like never an enemy of Greyjoys. You know. News flash: the dude was fucking nuts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's that's. But he true. could do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. I have my list of things I was kind of disappointed in. Uh, I've already mentioned number five on the list, which would have been Sansa's storyline, uh, that I don't think they justified it. Right. Uh, they, 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 they could have, but they didn't. Um, I, and, you know, and down to the fact that they never in any way held her accountable or had it come out that she basically almost got Jon Snow killed. She did. She apologized. Not no, she didn't. Absolutely, she did not. She yeah, never you have, did. You have to watch. No, that. she didn't. They have to no, watch. No, she didn't. <laughs> she said. She said you should be down on your knees thanking me for almost getting you killed. Is what she said. She never said, "I'm sorry, I almost did fucked it up." She never got called on that. All right, I'll ever watched the episode after the bastard. Um, I never liked. I was not a big fan of of. Dan and Danny and John. I didn't think they had great sexual chemistry together. No, that was lame. I did not like. Um, by the way, one of the things I take some perverse pleasure in is all the great fan theories that never happened. <laughs> oh, hundreds of them. Like, like, like who's going to is the three like, dragons? Yeah, Bran being the 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 Night King, Night or King. Bran being the Bran the Builder, or Bran causing the Mad King to go. Cr- Go crazy! I think Mike um, might have an issue with Bran. Oh, Tyrion! No, well, it's not that. Tyrion but but so many of them dealt with Bran. But Tyrion being a dragon rider, or who's going to ride the three dragons, or yeah. their yeah, secret he- dragons, or you know, there's all sorts of oh god of of stuff. But the one that sadly came true that it, I didn't care for because it felt so cliched for the series that it kind of steered clear was the. Was the R plus L equals J? The uh, Jon Snow is the daughter of uh, of of the daughter as the son of the Targaryens. Um, mm-hmm. That I didn't care for. Obviously, but it was they right. I was right. I'm saying I just didn't like. But it was a story point I didn't like. It makes um, sense based off of how they put it together, even if it is a Christian. Yeah, but it's and honestly though, 
the story didn't need it. I understand how it played into the story. There's some people saying it didn't pay off. It did, kind of, yeah. but you didn't really need it because you could. It was a shortcut to to push Danny away, wedge between him and Danny. Um, it didn't. It wasn't necessary. They could have done Danny a, a more conventional way. I know it's in the books, and almost certainly will pay off that way in the books. I, I don't think it was necessary. Uh, I thought, obviously, I mentioned this before. The wolves. They 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 completely fucked up the wolves. Yeah, I don't uh, even think the wolves were necessary. Right? Well, they should have yeah. all off in season one and be done with it. Well, in which case, what's the point of the wolves in the first place? Exactly. You don't even need um, And then, honestly, the biggest missed ball, I think, was pretty much, other than the dragons, magic in general, um, they really, once they got away from the books, it seems, and I know everyone wants to point the two at to that, but that's the the marker. It seems to me they didn't know what to do with Bran, right? He, you know, when was the last time we really saw him warg for an effect for an effective purpose? Um, they never really used Arya's ability to do the faces, you know, where that certainly seemed like it would have been a more useful skill later on. Right, uh, took out House Frey. Right, and then that was it, and then we didn't see it again after that. I take it out an entire house by yourself and, is kind of impressive. And my understanding is that that was in the books. Okay. So yeah. again, it seems you know they they didn't know. Right, um, but it didn't, it didn't like pay off in the end. Like, was she going to be and, killing and that, someone? And that was yeah, and then yeah, so it's and then it's and, been, and then what was the other one like? Uh, Brand and warging, right? I mean, that just disappeared. Oh, brand warging disappeared. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of little things with magic that they could have done that really, eh, it just kind of petered out. The the, the prophecies, uh, there was really not much. Why did they even show us Cersei's prophecies way back in? I think it was season five. Right. Oh, did they did they mention that there would be in that prophecy, or was it just in the book that? The witch said, you, you know, the, the three kids are going to die before you, but did she also say there will be a prettier woman that will take the throne from yeah, you? Yeah, they said okay. there will be a pretty woman who takes the throne from you. They said that your three children will die before okay. you, but, and, you'll, and you'll get to be queen. They did not use the, the Valonqar, the, the little brother that, that will die with his hands around your throat. That was left out. But again, nothing in there. And yet, sort of, maybe you could argue that's why it she makes didn't her like paranoid. Yeah, but it wasn't necessary. She didn't no, but need it, it made her t- paranoid against Danny and Sansa and any other and Marjorie and all these other people. I think it wasn't necessary. Oh, I guess you're right, but it was it was a character builder of making her paranoid. And right, I don't the, even know the, if it was a, a prophecy. It it was just some crazy woman that just said it, and she believed. Well, the fortune telling, but there was also the Azoras uh, high and the prince who was promised, none of which really ever factored heavily into the show right so yeah and i can't remember how many times they were really mentioned in the show because i know they're mostly book things but yeah you're right i, I mean they didn't they didn't need the the cersei's prophecy i mean i don't like prophecies anyway because then you know it kind of gives away plots already so you knew all three kids are going to die before her and all this other stuff so it's just like when will it happen because why else would they have showed it right unless it's right. going to happen and then the other part which was the the prettier queen or woman or whatever. Um, and did that refer to Marjorie? Did that refer to Danny? Did it refer to right. Sansa? It, you know, and she, she just said, okay, first it was Sansa, then she disappeared. Okay, then it's Marjorie, then she got killed. All right, now it's Danny. And then obviously the one that turns out it was Sansa at the end. So it, 
It is what it is. It, but you're right. It wasn't necessary, I guess. What else? Oh, the elephants. That was a bummer. I wanted the elephants. You didn't even remember there were elephants until she pointed it out. <laughs> right. But it was awesome. It made sense. That would have been cool. I thought it was a fun little joke. Uh, yeah. I, 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 I didn't care they weren't there. No, but that would have been awesome to see him like burning from the, the dragons burning him. <laughs> see what? Oh, and, they, and, they, and they go nuts and they start running over people and shit. That, that, okay, an elephant stampede would have been cool. I'll give you that. That would have been cool, yeah. So, yeah, the, one of, speaking of the memes, one of them was um, uh, Cersei leaving, I don't know if it was Yelp feedback on the Golden Company. About, <laughs> was promised elephants, got no elephants. You know, the, the, you know, died right away, put up no resistance whatsoever. Right. There were I no elephants. Saw somebody took a screenshot of uh, Drogon laying waste, and they photoshopped uh, Dumbo onto it. <laughs> Oh my god! So it's like so Dumbo was breathing fire. It was kind of funny. Kind of yeah, funny. I seriously wanted elephants. Right, I mean, and another one I think was what might have been Sean Fox. I don't know who posted the the mashup of uh, of oh, of the, the live action Aladdin with um, with Game of Thrones. Oh, Abe, uh, Abe doing did. and Sean did I think yeah they both yeah did. doing the, the the Prince Ali song and. You know, them walking into King's Landing and everybody reacting horribly to the genie and the parade going on, and finally Drogon torches them all, and you see Cersei going, "Damn, I really wanted those elephants." <laughs> that nice. is awesome. Um, yeah, yeah. The Golden Company. It was interesting. Maybe it would have been kind of cool if we'd seen them do a mini battle because they were if, if they'd be, actually done something. Yeah, because, because yeah. they're <laughs> supposed to be as good warriors as the Unsullied and, or Dothraki. It's just that when you have a dragon that kills them all before they can even do anything, it makes it like, oh, they, that was a waste of money. Yeah, right? well, but even that, that all ties back to the, the Bank of Bravos, right, which has been a running subplot about how they were terribly in debt, and then they just kind of wave it away with the loot train. We have the gold. We don't owe them the gold anymore. Oh, now we can hire the, the mercenaries. And, you know, that was a thing. Davos went to see them, uh, like, back in Season 5. Yeah, for Stannis. For Stannis. And, yeah, so. Speaking yeah. of, what are, what are the worst, or the the deaths? Like, well, oh, the most worst. worst. Worst like awesome. most horrible ways to die, or like or the... yeah, which which were the ones that were just that really that the deaths that really got to you? Oh, uh, that were, well, it doesn't really got to me, but that were awesome. Um, obviously, Marjorie's death because that was the nuke. That was awesome. I think um, that the Boltons uh, flaying people would have been a pretty horrible way to die. Oh, okay. All right. So I get. Yeah. All right. Then if we're gonna go that way, where which is meaning it's horrible, um, rather than awesome. Uh, well, it was more dramatically impactful. Okay. That's what I was thinking of. Okay. The gold. <laughs> that was yeah. Um, I loved uh, the. I mean, the, the death of Shireen, the daughter, uh, okay. Stannis' daughter, was pretty bad. Oh, the uh, tall, two tallies. That was yeah. pretty bad. Eh, that one I was then when big. Danny torched the leaders of the uh, that's who I'm talking about. Oh, you mean horsemen? So, so did I temple? tell you? Because oh, they talk yeah. about it on the commentary. Did I bring it up on the podcast that the actor who played Sir Davos had the horse, Shireen's horse, yeah. the little toy horse, and uh -huh. then he gave it to his daughter. Yeah. Yes. And his daughter and his daughter had no idea what was coming up, and she was holding it as she watched the episode while the daughter yeah. was watching. Yeah, he brought that up. <laughs> yeah, he did, you know, I just I just love that. Um, I mean, Hodor is a big one. 
Ned oh, Stark. Oh, that was yeah, huge. Yeah, yeah. Um, I got to yeah, give all yeah. all the credit in the world of uh, for killing off Joffrey in a way that they took this character who launched a thousand memes of utter hatred uh, and did it in a way that I actually kind of felt bad for the character. Right. <laughs> you know. Um, I that was that bad. was that was pretty incredible. Um, but that was another good one. Obviously, Oberon Mart- Martell might have had the death of the series. So the- oh, oh, yeah, that was awesome. Uh, the one that bothered me was um, uh, the slave girl that took Bran and Rickon out, and then Ramsay kills her. Remember that? Oh, uh, oh Osha? What was her name? Osha. Osha. Yeah, yeah, that one. That one was. That one really bothered me. Yeah, that was pretty mean. Yeah. Um, oh, and Ramsay's. Uh, one of his ex-girlfriends, her death when when they they go dog hunting after her and then they let the dogs eat yep. her. Oh, Ramsay uh, was kind of a prick. Sir, Sir Roderick. Sir Roderick, who was that? Right, he was the guy with the long sideburns that got tied up around over on to the top of his head, uh, or, or understand. He was the guy that was the advisor to the Starks. And oh, with the guy and, that yes, his head and Theon, and Theon has to be at him oh, because he learned no, the right. man who passes the judgment that has was to rough. That yeah. was rough. That was pretty bad. Yeah. That yeah. Oh. Uh, oh. Uh. What? Uh. Lord Mormont. Oh, uh, what? Uh, yeah. on, uh, on the Black Watch, how they, they, yeah. they betrayed him and stabbed him. Yep. Yeah. Uh, they just. Piss me off. Oh no no Lord yeah no Mormont was the good guy. I was thinking of yeah. the other one. Uh, yeah. uh what is his name? Barristan Selmy. I liked his death. That one I wasn't expecting. Oh, yeah. I was pissed when one oh. died, when one one died. Took one, 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 yeah. Um oh all those guys Ollie not Ollie, but the guy that ran the ran them that they were all hung. His mm-hmm. death surprised me because I didn't think he he, w- he was going. Not that I mean I liked his character too. By the end, I thought he was an awesome bad guy because he was more of a a gray character because technically everything he said was correct. But um, his death shocked me because I was like, no way they they wiped them out. Um, even though no one liked them, um, I liked watching Ollie's face turn blue. That was awesome. That little fuck. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. Jeez. Uh, um, let's see what other deaths were were good. Um, well, yeah. and, and any of the wolves uh, were disappointed in the wolves dying. I, uh, I didn't, that, that, that was what a lot of people. Yeah, anything. you're a psychopath. That's uh, the death in the. No, that was the, the one that complained about the in Reigns of Castamere. The, 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 the wolves had had such little impact on the show, technically, that I never I never even really remembered them. And so when well, they did, that, think, it's like, oh yeah, I that's right there. Rob, Rob's wolf got a more play than most of them, and so when his wolf got killed, it was uh-huh. penned in, and the, that was the one that a lot of people had issue with, because um, a lot of people that that affected them more than the than the human deaths at the red wedding, mm-hmm. right, 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 because because uh, animals uh, dying are, are more important in, in a, to a lot of people because people as, suck, as we know. Um, Id Software got death threats because they had. Nazi German shepherds get killed in that video game. So you know, so digital characters on a 
in a video <laughs> game and they get in death threats because they killed the dogs. It's like, oh, okay. Oh, because God. people, and that's the, you're right, Eric. People care about the animals dying more because people suck, but people suck because they care about the animals dying more than people. So it, it's, <laughs> it's just a, a, you know, a circle of death. You know, and yeah. <sighs> Me too. I'd, I'd save my cats before I save most people. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Uh, oh, the worst death of all, and it was really disturbing because it's so undignified for the character. You know, Tywin? What? Exactly. Tywin. Tywin went as he deserved to go on the shitter. Yeah, pretty much. But he was awesome. Losing he, him, was, he was, but awesome. he was also a dick. <laughs> yeah, I know, but his, he was probably the best villain, and when he went, I was like, damn it. Yeah, it was a bummer. Yeah, so it's and I think that was, that was honestly one of the issues I had with with the show as it went on is that you start as the show became more about and the next generation, right? You started losing a lot of these veteran actors. Yeah. And they put a, gave a weight and presence to the show that focusing on, you know, putting the, you know, putting the focus on, uh, on other actors, I don't think ever really made up for it. Um, so like, and like they brought in, didn't they bring in Tywin when they killed Sean Bean? Yes. Yeah, he came. Tywin oh, had a small cameo, I think, in season one, and then right. he became the same. Was, and then Stannis wasn't even shown in season one, but he's mentioned many times. And then in season two, both Stannis and Tywin appear, and they're awesome actors. Right. So as I think they they lost some of the older actors, they lost some of the gravitas, they lost some of the weight, and they started moving uh, sidelining. Actors like the like Varys and Littlefinger um, had less and less to do as it went on, and it's not that the younger actors are bad, with some possible exceptions. Um, it's that you, you know, just Charles Dance, you know, is so phenomenal. They don't have the gravitas, as you call it. Right, that's it. Yeah, they they just they just didn't carry that weight and that confidence. And it changed well, and the dynamic of the storyline. And so much of it, like, for example, I think one of the problems you had with Tyrion as a character who becomes an idiot after season five and he becomes Danny's hand is that he doesn't have really characters in their element who can help him. Because one of the reasons he was an awesome hand is he had guys like uh, Bronn and Varys to, to support him. And, and he could bounce ideas off of. Uh, no, Jamie was locked up for most of that time. Jamie oh, got back right. just in time for him to to be to, for the red wedding. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. He had Varys, and he had um, he had Bronn. Bronn, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that was good stuff. Yeah. And Podrick, for yeah, whatever Podrick was worth. Yeah, uh, that's true. It, right, and, and then even the scenes when he he played with Sansa were pretty good too. Back, back in those day, early episodes as well. It's it's right. It's like what you said. Once he leaves. And heads to Essos, his character kind of fades out a little bit. The, with the two characters that were steady probably from beginning to end, and the actors that played them, because they didn't die, they were there from beginning to end, is Jamie and Cersei's. Yeah, Those I mean, Jamie had they, one of the... Uh, they both had, I think, very strong arcs. I know people didn't like the way Jamie ended with going back to Cersei, but I, I always felt Cersei was his true love. Um, I never thought it made that he would ever, you know, that he could make room in his heart for Brienne in the same way as long as Cersei was still alive. So sure. I'm perfectly fine with the fact that he died trying to save her. 
right. because right. because he knew how terrible she was and how terrible she was for him, you know. But there are people who are like that. They are in those relationships, you know, and it is right. it just is what it is. It's well, a very human thing. Well, I'm not even talking about the the story arc of the characters. I'm just talking about them as actors. They have gravitas, as you've mentioned, yeah. And they were there from the first season, first episode to the very last episode, basically. Right. And and so and, they and were and also well, veteran actors. I, I will say that some of the younger actors got better as the show progressed. Yes, absolutely. So oh, yeah, yeah no by by the end of the show, everybody was quite quite strong. I thought. Oh, I, I agree. I mean, John Snow played. I thought he was was generally really damn good as well. But I think what Mike is is referring to isn't necessarily the younger actors and whether or not they were good or not. Because Joffrey was awesome. They were they were all damn good. The, the thing was is that when you have actors like that played Ned Stark and Tywin Lannister and Tyrion and 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 the guy that played Stannis and on and on and on. They, they, they're just like these veterans actors, Jorah, you know, Walder Frey. You know, they they just have something that every scene they were in, they were awesome. In other words, there, there was, was never there was, a, there was an implied like history and applied authority to them that yeah. you kind of lose when you get to the younger actors, right? And their and and the and their scenes, even their weak scenes, are still awesome because those actors just like are above the scenes, if you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. You know, so, um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I agree though with you, Eric, the, the younger actors are still damn good, for no doubt. I mean, I, I didn't really ever, I know some people had certain problems with various actors in the show. Um, but I, I never, I never did. I, I've, I felt they were always, always good. Um, let's see. Uh, what else? Any, any other, Things. Um, no, nope, I think we should put a bow on it. Yep. All right, that's fine. That's fine. We, we've reminisced and we've reminisced. Does anyone have? Let me ask this: Does anyone have something? What are they looking forward to watching now that this is done? Um. Mm. Oh, oh, the uh, office reruns. <laughs> what <laughs> new shows? <laughs> Or shows still airing if they're not completely new. Oh, uh, Ozark season three, whenever that comes out. Yeah, Ozark, uh, Better Call Saul, mm. a Black Black Summer season two, if uh, ever. Yeah, if there is one. Yeah, if you if you like the talky parts of Be- of uh, Game of Thrones, then you might enjoy Better Call Saul. It is a Breaking Bad prequel. Helps to have seen Breaking Bad, but it's not a hundred percent necessary. Um. You have Stranger Things season three coming up soon. Um, obviously, Westworld season three coming up soon. Coming those up sometime. New, those year. two new HBO sh- shows that you mentioned, Mike. Yeah, but they're but they're not new. I don't think anything's going to be able to take the place of Game of Thrones right now. No, nope. and that's what everyone's looking for. Sort of like you know, not people me. are trying to trying to look for the next <laughs> Seinfeld when that went off the air, and then they were looking for the next Friends, and then they're looking for the next... The, office, there was the, the next the, the, office. The next, oh, the, next office. The, next, the next thing is not the thing that you're going to expect. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, so, yeah, so the idea that everyone's trying, uh, Amazon's doing a Lord of the Rings series. You know, it's... That's it's, it's, it's not going to be Game of Thrones. The next Game of oh, Thrones, the, the, the next... The, the best one is Joe Hill's Nosferatu is coming. Right. And 
And Stephen King says, it's one of the scariest things I've ever seen. It's like, first of all, he says that about anybody. <laughs> he does say that about all, This is his son's show, so what's he going to say? You know? Right, right. So that's like, I no, did read that book, though. I, 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 it has a good premise. I like it. I'll watch it. Yep. Yeah. At least start anyway, right? Yep. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. You're right, though, Mike. There, yeah. There's the Lord of the Rings one that's coming. There's um, oh, uh, season three of uh, Jessica Jones, right? Oh, that's right. Yeah. One more. But we'll probably do an episode on that, maybe. Right. We've done. I don't know. It depends on if it's any good or not. I guess. I mean, yeah. Fair. Fair point. Um, what else? Uh, other shows. Yeah, I don't know much. I, I don't really follow like all the shows that pop up on Netflix. I, I don't know if any of them are good, and no one ever talks about them on online. So well, and, and this is the thing because there's that, just too much on streaming now to keep track of. Well, it's too much on streaming, and I know Eric is not going to agree with this, but I think they lose something when you dump all the episodes at once. I think a show like Game of Thrones and Breaking Bad and Walking Dead, those are shows that people could sit down. Uh, each week, they watch the episode, they come into work the next day, or they could go online, and they could discuss and debate for a week. What happened? What are you going to think that happens next? Where, when you have the entire thing dropped in one chunk, yeah, technically you can do that, right. but it's nobody really does do that. Because right. nobody else is doing it, so you're still not going to get that communal experience and that's something that you lose from that. And right. I, I don't I think, think it's oh, a loss. Oh, <laughs> What's that, Eric? I don't think it's a loss. I, 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 don't, <laughs> I, I agree with you, Eric. Uh, when Ozark is dropped, I just love watching all the episodes. Yeah, and but how many people? But that's what's going to keep it from catching on, I think, to the same degree with the general public. You, you right, probably you could be right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But again, as Eric says, who cares as long as I enjoy it? Why do I give a rat's ass whatever other people think? Right. At least that's well because there's because I because there are people that enjoy that extra dimension of it. Again, no, why, why do I care about those people? <laughs> it's, 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 I don't give a rat's ass if they enjoy it like that. I I want my uh, things all at once. Binge, 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 binge. Absolutely. Want my Ozark? I mean, I, I mean, Game of Thrones coming out weekly didn't really bother me because it was it was still fun to watch anyway, and oh, I, it was so exciting. much better when you can binge it. But yeah, it's it's so much better to binge it. So I I see how you, some people like yourself, Mike, prefer the waiting each week and and whatnot. I mean, but you can, I think you can also better appreciate the episode itself. Um, you know what though? I think a lot of people who are binging Game of Thrones are appreciating it differently now than you know. You know what I'm saying? Because they can see. So I don't know. It depends on. How oh, I think there's benefits to binging on rewatches, um, especially on a show like Game of Thrones, where there's so much continuity from episode to episode, and so many characters to keep track of. Right. Um, but I do think there's something to be said for enjoying like the cliffhangers for. Um, for forget. Week, I mean, that, that, you mean weekly cliffhangers, weekly cliffhangers, right? You know, which something uh, that Game of Thrones, like Game of Thrones, that Breaking Bad was really good with. Um, is that what could they they leave you hanging with to get you to talk about the next week? I'm still with Eric. The binge is better. <laughs> yeah, you're just weak. <laughs> no, no, it's it's just uh, I don't. No, people are just annoying. Yeah, yeah, exactly. People are annoying, and I don't think. Uh, t- these TV 
shows or companies and whatever should tell me how to watch my show. I, Netflix is, is revolutionary for dropping great shows all at once. Like House of Cards was, when, was like one of the first that, that I remember that they just dropped all the whole season. I was like, oh, that's interesting. And mm-hmm. that was cool. I got to binge it. Yep. It was awesome. So, um, but yeah, uh, I guess it's, it's personal preference, Mike. No, no one, no one hates you for. Well, I think no, it's not that. It's I think I think when they talk about something having cultural impact, I don't think you're going to get a show with that kind of cultural impact that drops by by binging by streaming like that. I'm not saying you're and, wrong. And, I'm just saying I don't care. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't. Right, care. and you still have the option. You still have the option of waiting until the entire season is aired, and then watching it that way. As long as I'm not podcasting about it. Right, that's true too. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, I'm I'm good with with uh, getting it all fresh at one one drop. That's fine with me. Um, and and like Eric said, I don't really care if it becomes culturally significant or not. Um, though um, that's how shows like Lost, right? Lost was another one that mm-hmm. everybody talked about. Um, so yeah, uh, but I binged that because I watched it after the show. The season they all ended. And then I just binge, bought them all and, and, and binged it. I just started rewatching that actually because uh, there's a podcast called Storm of Spoilers. Yep, it was a Game of Thrones podcast. <laughs> yeah, they <laughs> and, uh, but they can't do that anymore. So they're doing a lost rewatch. So I'm going with them. Right. Yeah, that, and that show uh, actually one actor I think came out of that show as a big or semi big star, right? Because she became the Wasp. Evangeline Lilly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And she was in the Hobbit movies, too, right? She uh, became a movie star. I Josh guess. Holloway uh, has done some TV outside of that. Oh, no, uh, no. They, they've still done TV. So, uh, the Sawyer guy, he did that. Right. Daniel Day Kim is in a bunch of stuff, hasn't he? Who? Daniel Day Kim. Is that uh, his name? Yeah, he's done Hawaii Five-0, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, the guy who played Benjamin Linus, whose name is escaping me, I know has done stuff. A lot of people went on yeah, to other only stuff. One, no, no, I didn't say. Uh, what I'm saying is only one Angelina Lilly has become a movie star. Yeah, we'll we'll see. Yeah, I don't I don't think she deserves it necessarily, but I I don't know if you could call that movie stardom. Well, when you get into the Marvel <laughs> universe, that kind of kind of helps. In, her, in the least. Actually, I don't know the numbers, so I'll shut up. <laughs> I was going to say the least popular series, but I don't know if that's true. Uh, it's done fine. I don't know. I mean, she's had a. It's all relative. I, Marvel is yeah, just. I don't know that. Uh, any, I don't know. I don't know that there's a lot of people who are. Uh, Michael Emer- Michael Emerson is the guy that played Ben. That's it, Any, yeah. anyway. Yeah, uh, pretty- we're, we're we're not allowed to podcast. Let's wrap this up. Okay, so so let's <laughs> let's do this. Uh, all right, so Mike, where can people who like this podcast that would like to continue to hear the three of us uh, discuss genre material, where can they still find us? Well, you can go to www.darkdiscussions.com. All of our episodes are available free to stream there. Uh, but if you want stuff that you can download and listen to on your portable audio listening device, um, then you can go through iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Um, I'm sure I'm missing one. Spotify. Uh, Spotify, uh, and look for Dark look Discussions. Podbean. Okay, I don't know that we're adding these things. So, 
you got to keep us updated there. So anything that that has podcasts on it, you could probably find our podcast. Uh, you can, if you want to uh, directly interface with us, you can uh, always send emails to darkdiscussions at aol.com. And you can go to the Facebook group. Just go to Facebook, type in Dark Discussions, and we should be the only group that that pops up. And if you've enjoyed the podcast, whether this podcast, Dark Discussions, Bullets, Brothels, and Bots, Searching for American Gods, uh, or Hollywood, uh, Halloween Boutique, Psychotronic Reviews, go to uh, iTunes, uh, Google Play, Stitcher, and all the rest, and please leave us a review. Uh, if you have comments, criticisms that you don't like about us, please just send those to us directly. Right, and so folks who don't know what we do otherwise, besides uh, Game of Thrones, and that's the main reason you're listening to us, um, these genre stuff that you can hear on the Dark Discussions podcast, face or Dark Discussions podcast uh, itself, uh, include mostly movies, uh, but all sorts of genre movies, old, new, and whatnot. For example, uh, some of the most recent episodes that we've done, we've done uh, No Country for Old Men, the Coen Brothers uh, film, uh, The House That Jack Built, which is um, Lars von Trier film. We discussed the Suspiria and Pet Cemetery remakes uh, recently. Uh, we've done obscure independent films like The Gollum, and Aramentari, which is a, actually a Braid. foreign language. And, oh, Braid, yep, mm-hmm. yep exactly. And uh, that's a very small scale films that uh, are interesting. Radius, a Canadian film. Uh, we did Red Christmas, which was an Australian horror film. Um, and then we've done some uh, uh, other bigger films like uh, the Halloween uh, reboot film from last year. And A Simple Favor, which starred Blake Rively and uh, who's that other actress, Eric? Anna Kendrick. There you go. So, uh, and, if you, and if you want to be a Patreon, you can always have some say in what episodes we pick. That's right, exactly. And you can find that information on darkdiscussions.com. Uh, so, yeah, so we're here weekly, even after this podcast. Uh, and you can at least subscribe and maybe try us out. I recommend that you try out some of the... Uh, newer episodes, meaning the last 300 episodes or so, versus uh, some of the very first ones. Some people do the OCD thing and start with episode one, but I mean, that's from 2011. So maybe you want to search our catalog and say, oh, I like No Country for Old Men. Let's hear what uh, Eric, Mike, and Phil have to say about that film and, uh, you know, listen listen to it. So uh, hopefully you'll continue to join us. Um, and, for example, uh, one of our listeners uh, today, which uh, we mentioned here, uh, Mr. Uh, the man from Louisiana himself, Travis Maxwell Boone, uh, who found us through this podcast here. Maybe you'll join us for a Dark Discussions podcast. Uh, and I know, I believe, uh, two weeks ago you joined our Facebook group. So uh, hopefully other people will follow you. So uh, let's see. Anything else anybody wanted to say? Uh, sure. I have one last thing to say. Appropriately sure. enough, uh, I've had a notebook ever since we started doing Game of Thrones. And I've doing been putting all of my notes for every episode as we've gone through every episode uh, in the notebook. And the last page of the notebook was scribbling down my list for tonight's episode. The notebook is now complete. Oh, cool. That is serendipity. Yes, it is. Um, And I would like to say uh, thank you to our listeners uh, for listening to us. 
Um, those who have come and gone, uh, some have been very uh, uh, vocal, such as Sean Fox and earlier Elizabeth Catherine Gray and various other folks who um, have emailed us or discussed on the Dark Discussion Podcast Facebook group, this podcast here. And uh, anybody else who's out there that doesn't respond, because I listen to a lot of radio shows and whatnot that I never call into, and they don't know I exist, but I'm out there listening as well. So uh, thank you to all of you as well. Um, we greatly appreciate that. Uh, anything that you wanted to say or to any of our to our listeners and whatnot. Uh, well, I think I'm just gonna wrap this up by saying thank you to everybody who has listened to us throughout this podcast. Uh, tune in and listen to us talk about Game of Thrones every week. Um, we appreciate you uh, and all of your feedback. So uh, our watch is over. Uh, this podcast has come to an end. Uh, please come join us on Dark Discussions and take care. Mm-hmm.